Hello, good people. This is Critical Mess. It is episode 25. It's the podcast where some people in the ad business rap about movies that critics and audiences don't agree on. I am Nick Honeywell. I'm here with Chris Griswold and Brian McCullough. Producer Ben is here. Say what's up, everybody. What's going on, guys? Hey, it's Brian McCullough, a notable only person in the world that didn't love Barbie <laughs> or Oppenheimer. Wow. Take. Oh, wow. I already got Ben Coffin yeah, over here. You just can't take my coming, shenanigans. More haters coming your way. Didn't hate him. Didn't hate him, but just didn't love him. Hmm. Yeah, hot take. Yep. That is hot. Can I give an even hotter take? Yeah. I, I haven't seen either of them. Oh, that's, oh my oh, God. Man. That's on brand. <laughs> you run <laughs> podcast about movies. <laughs> that's yeah. right. And you know what? I've watched a lot of movies this year. I've watched many, many Steven Seagal movies. <laughs> but, but zero Barbie or Oppenheimer. And I will watch them, but I just, it wasn't top of mind uh, to do so. Anyway, we're going to do an icebreaker to get the party started here tonight. So our icebreaker for this this episode is, what's one actor or actress you can't help but always associate with one character? I got to go with my boy Harrison Ford. Having just done the Indiana Jones franchise last episode, I think we have to go with Harrison Ford on my end. With Indiana Wait, Jones. the prolific Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know what you're going to say. Who has Star been Wars, active blah, 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 and blah. at the top of his game from 1980 to 1998. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you you only think of one role for him, and that's Indiana Jones. Not one role, one character. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah, character. And I think that, that, I think no, that that's one, that's really him. strong. I mean, for 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 hit. For it, for Harrison Ford, yeah. for Han Solo to not even pop See, in your I mind. I know. Well, or, or, it's funny because like I always talk about this with friends, and they're like, "Oh, you don't love the original Star Wars trilogy?" And I was like, I, "It's not like something." No, I don't I, think it has I, to do with who, what you love. But, I'm like, just saying, I like, just don't. It's what pops in your head. I don't recollect those '70s, '80s movies as much because I was born in the late '80s. So it's like I just don't remember them, and I didn't grow up with them that much. That's just so a, that's a bold answer to yeah. pick like one of the biggest movie stars of all time for like I would have expected a very small yeah mo- so yeah, no, good, yeah bold, bold, bold answer we're yeah. starting off bold yeah. I'm gonna go uh, Catherine O'Hare um, as the mother on Home Alone I can't I, I see her in Schitt's Creek I see even see her in Beetlejuice I see you know she, everything I've seen her in and I, I just instantly I'm back to to her screaming Kevin I cannot disassociate her from that role love that movie love that love her character in that movie yeah she was mom for what twenty years. In all kinds of roles. Yeah. Great pick. Yeah. All right. I'm going with Pierce Brosnan. Can I guess? Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes. (laughs) Really? Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah. Obviously, um, Goldeneye, one of the best movies of all time. Um, And then, you know, the other ones he did, you know, everyone knows they're not as good, but I I still think they're fun. And he'll always be James Bond to me, um, the real James Bond. Even though they're all great, what so. a di- what a night and day difference between P- Pierce Brosnan's James Bond and Daniel Craig's James Bond. Both great, but so different. Yeah. Yes, great in their own ways. Yeah. Huge respect to both of those guys for that. Okay, well, um, before we jump in, um, just a quick note: there's going to be spoilers tonight for the film we'll be talking about. There always are. And the other thing is, please, you know, watch the movie. Oh shit! Um, Speaking of watching the movie, let's start the movie. We need to be watching it. Oh, while shit. we're doing this podcast. For those that uh, do not know, we watch the movie in the background. Uh, as we do these episodes, because I, I need I need the vibe, and we need the visual cues as well. At least I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, movies on. There we go. Okay, everything's All's right. Everything's right in the world. Yes. All right, let's start over. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> so back to what we were saying. Uh, watch the movie. Yes, um, and um, it'll it'll just really help your experience. I think as we're as we're chatting it up about this film. So tonight we're talking about a film 
from the year of our Lord, 1998. It is called Blade. That's right. We were talking about, dare I say it, I'm just going to say it right now, guys. Uh-oh. Oh, here we go. Say it. The best superhero movie of all time, in wow. my humble opinion. Wow. And I'm looking Batman square in the eye. You're looking Matt Reeves 2022 Batman square in the eye? I'm looking every Batman. <laughs> Dark Knight. <laughs> Holy shit. Michael Keaton. I'm looking you all you're, dead l- on. you're looking Sam Raimi's Spider-Man dead in the eye? Out. Oh, stop. Stop. You're looking Brian <laughs> Singer's X-Men square in the eye? Just, just okay. We're, no, we're done. <laughs> X-Men so, Origins? Wolverine? No. Guys, Come on, no. man. Wait, you're looking Logan square in the eye? <laughs> Ooh, Logan's a good I, one. I, Logan is a very good movie. Okay, yes. so Logan's staring back at you, but you're still you're standing your ground. I am standing my ground I respect firmly. That. I respect that. And so, and this movie was a hit. Um, I wouldn't say it was a gigantic hit, but it was uh, about a $45 million budget and raked in about a hundred and thirty million, um, so you can see why sequels were were made. Um, and I just want to give a quick, quick side note too that um, Blade Two by Guillermo del Toro um, is is much better than it has any right to be. So, um, and I, I didn't prou- know that was Guillermo. I did it, not know he did that. Um, yes, uh, he did, and it's and it's good. Um, and and I've proudly never seen Blade Trinity. I haven't so. either. Blade Two is the one with all the bullet time stuff at the beginning, right? There's like a jump off a building in like a motorcycle, and it's all like bullet There's time some... from the Matrix bullet time Mol- uh, vibes going what on. What is bullet time from? Whoa. The Matrix. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, um, so this film um, that we're talking about tonight, though, Blade One, the the OG Blade, directed by Stephen Norrington. So I'm just going to go on a very quick tangent here. He's kind of an interesting character. So he's only directed four movies. Um, and you, um, you, you've probably only heard of the last one that he directed, uh, aside from Blade, obviously, and that is The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Have you guys seen that movie? Ooh, ah, yikes. Mm-hmm. One yeah. of Sean Connery's last, unfortunately. Right. Not a great I, movie. Well, I believe it was his last. Mm. Um, and here's, if this tells you anything. So after that film, um, Stephen vowed to never direct another film again. Whoa. Um, because of how difficult it was to work with Sean Connery specifically. Ouch. Wow. So so wait a minute. You're telling me that the two of those gentlemen ended each other's careers? Um, it was like a it was like a duel where they turned around and shot each other. That's what I'm saying. Damn, that's epic. That's what I'm saying. Wow. Um, and he stuck to that, and he hasn't directed anything since. So although allegedly, see, this is where it still gets interesting. He's allegedly directing a new film though using miniatures. And he's doing it in his own home, and he's been working on it since like 2018. And it's going to take him to like 2030 to finish. <laughs> it's like it's like Richard Linklater boyhood uh, commitment right. level right there. So interesting, interesting character. So it's like um, he, it's like he saw Guillermo del Toro's <laughs> Pinocchio, and he's like, I can do this better. <laughs> Something. Yeah, I'm coming out of retirement. Where's my GI Joes? Fucking, I'm going to make an awesome movie. Uh, Blade. It stars Wesley Snipes. Uh, Steven Dorff is in this movie. Chris Christopherson is in this movie. Um, I'm gonna, but in Bush, in Boucher, in Bush, N B U S H E, right? I deeply apologize. I can't pronounce your name. Steve Buscemi. Uh, this was Karen, uh, hematologist. Um, oh. Uh, Donald Logue um, was in this movie. Who um, is? Um, is he like the German guy who like is always the German guy? No, no. Donald Logue is like the Sons of Anarchy guy. Oh, okay, mm. okay. Um, yeah. Um, and no, the guy you're thinking of is Udo Kier. Oh yeah, who, yeah. who is awesome? I love that he's, guy. He's amazing. Yeah. So I was, I was one day in a in a in a former life, I was going to write this awesome Nazi zombie movies before Nazi zombies was was even that cool. And Udo Kier was just going to be the doctor, yeah. right? Who, oh yeah. Who infects the soldiers with the Nazi zombie virus? He just would have been perfect for that. Anyway, 
Um, we love you, Udo. Uh, so this um, this movie was written by the prolific and talented David Goyer, um, who has written a lot of movies, a lot of superhero um, movies, uh, but notably, um, he also actually wrote the story for uh, Dark Knight. So mm-hmm. this guy can do a good superhero movie. That's, that's good pedigree. That's proven. Okay, so a quick refresher for the criteria for the movies we talk about. So the movie's got to be fresh with audiences and rotten with critics or vice versa, and the disparity needs to be, you know, 20% or so. Um, so on Rotten Tomatoes, Blade is at 58% with critics and 78% with audiences. So, you know, a healthy 20-point disparity there. So not ridiculous, but definitely fits our criteria. Um and I think everyone is wrong about this movie, honestly. Hey, you know, so. fun fact, I had to use the Wayback Machine to check this, but the critic score has slowly but surely gone up from high 40s all the way to the, the 58 you said it's at now? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So it's interesting that critics are going back and giving more appreciation for this film. Yeah, yeah. I think it's because they've watched the MCU and the DCEU, and then they've watched Blade, and they've gone, oh, this is how good a, 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 a comic book movie yeah. can be. Yeah, no, I think you're onto something there. Okay, let's get into it. When did we see this movie for the first time, and how many times have we seen it since then? I absolutely probably snuck in to see this at a theater in 98. So I was, uh, gotta be 13, 14 years old at that point. So 15 maybe. So I just was sneaking into theaters all the time. So it was great to go see this one rated R. Uh, loved it. Just saw it the, that once, and then I've seen it countless times on network TV or cable TV. So I don't know if I've seen the full rated R until I watched it a couple days ago. Yeah. I mean, I did not see this in the theater. Um, I don't know why I, I, I should have, I was at the perfect age too. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, the, the, my, my friend, shout out to David Bailey, my, my friend down the, down the street, two houses down, man, their whole family was like obsessed with this movie. And so I, there was like one summer where like I just would go over there and like this movie would always be on every like just on repeat and I would just watch it and we would just gush over it. So uh, many, many, many times, not necessarily start to finish, but just like on repeat. Um, and then, boy, I, I haven't watched it since then until until uh, Sunday, uh, three days ago. So, yeah. So I, I also didn't see this um, in the theater. So, <clears throat> Yeah, that's, um, I, I wish I had, I wish I had seen it in the theater, but, um, the first time I saw this movie, interesting little story here, so, I was at a, um, a nice young lady who was, um, I believe a, a grade below me in high school, I think this time I would have been, this is 98, so, like a junior, I guess I was, so, I think, you know, um, she must have been a sophomore, and she was having a party, and, uh, it was Friday night. And it wasn't like a huge party, but it was a fun party. You know, there's probably like, you know, 60, 70 people there. Good, good, good high school party. You know, a couple cases of beer, people hanging out, being civil. Um, anyway, someone popped this movie in <laughs> just when everyone's just sitting around on the couch, just, you know, packing a bowl or something, you know, and uh, I just sat there and watched it for like the whole, the whole thing. <laughs> and it was awesome. And, and I was, was the like, first day of the rest of your life. Right. Exactly. Yeah, his eyes were yeah, open. It was, it was, you know, it was amazing. And, um, and Nick has watched it every day since. Yeah. Every day. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, it, it was, it was so awesome. And so, yeah, I just sat there and watched the whole movie, uh, that night and um, didn't, didn't party didn't, at all. Didn't like party at all. Didn't socialize with anyone. You sat down on that couch and you were like, get out, move, get out of the way. I'm trying to see this movie. Uh, Guys, yeah. Party. It, 
and so and and so I um and I did I loved it so much and it was I was kind of I was I was kind of getting distracted and stuff so I didn't get to really give it a super intimate viewing but you know I I did watch the whole thing and I did go out and rent it though like I, either the next day or a couple of days later because I just needed to see it again um so and then you know obviously I've seen it a bunch of times since then I hard to put a number on it I've certainly watched the opening scene of this movie dozens and dozens of times yeah <laughs> here's what's crazy do you, do you ever go back and like play a video game like on the 64 like goldeneye like in like modern day and and you're and you're like i can't see any like it's the blurriest <laughs> most low polygon mm-hmm. and you're like how did right. it, did this degrade in quality and it's like no that's how it always was and we we've just sort of gotten used to how good things have been why i realized not having seen this in the theater i watched it on like a 27 inch tube tv on cable cut down to four by three aspect ratio a hundred times, and then Sunday, I'm realizing I'm watching this on an 88 inch 4K um, a streaming service, and I'm like, I am seeing so much that I've <laughs> never known existed in this movie, and I don't know, it's it's kind of strange. Like I I've, I had only ever seen half the movie up until that point, so I don't know, just a, a curious curious insight there, because you know usually yeah. you see it in the theater, yeah. and that's you know a high quality <laughs> version, so yeah. yeah. Thank so, you for joining me in Brian's Corner. <laughs> oh, not yet. We'll be back oh, later. My. Actually, no. It's time to talk about our sponsor. Um, a, a special sponsor, always been our sponsor, uh, Old Elk. We we love Old Elk, and um, and and I think you know the the way I want to talk about Old Elk. You know, the way I want to get into this is I want to ask you guys a question. Um, have you all seen uh, this is Spinal Tap? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Classic. Nope. Okay. N- no. Never. Oh, great. Oh, that's a gap. Put that Chris. at the top gotta of the list. I got to put that on the watch list, then? That's a gap. Yeah. It is all the right. best, like, mockumentary, oh, okay. I think, yeah. of all time. By far. Richard Linkletter? No. I've, no, no, it's, no. Uh, it's Rob uh, Reiner. No, no. It's yeah, Reiner. it is Reiner. Oh, it is Reiner. Reiner. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, it yeah. is. I've heard of it, but I've I've heard... I just don't know anything. I literally have no idea what it's you about. You definitely heard the, the probably the most famous quote from it. Well... Which yeah, I won't say we, yet. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about that. I know bit. where we're going. <laughs> yeah. So, so, anyways, there's a joke in the movie that's you know it is pretty famous about kind of turning up the volume to eleven, mm-hmm. right? About you know with the with the amplifier, you know, it's a rock band, and you know this this amp doesn't go to go to ten; it goes to eleven, right? So it's a little louder. So, anyways, okay. Well, <laughs> I'm glad some of us have seen that that film at least. So, anyways, our sponsor tonight, Old Elk Whiskey. Um, and actually, a, a real sponsor now, I've got to say, we have manifested this, guys. So thank you to Old Elk. They've, they've sent us a delicious bottle of their Infinity Blend, oh. um, mm. which is quickly on its way to being fully consumed. Actually, has been fully consumed. Yeah, I think Sorry. it's gone already. It's gone. <laughs> Sorry, it's gone. guys. <laughs> it is gone. Um, and ambrosial, as always, mm. as we say about Old Elk. So um, Also, Old Elk, I've decided to stop cursing like a, a sailor while praising your, your brand. I, I think if you want me to start again, though, I will. <laughs> um, but a- anyway, I, um, our sponsor now and forever, Old Elk, has a little something in common with Spinal Tap, right? So this, this delicious Infinity Blend um, does at least, because in the whiskey world, taking it to 11 kind of logically means taking it to 111, right? 111 proof, mm. which is exactly what this fine whiskey is. Or is it? I think it's even better. Because... Would you believe me if I told you? <laughs> it's can't get through this it's 112. No. <laughs> it's if I told you that this delicious this delicious whiskey was 111.15 proof, <laughs> the most exact proofing that any of us have ever seen here at Critical Mass. And I think frankly to get to that level of precision on proofing, 
you need to be some sort of some sort of wizard, some sort of whiskey wizard. I mean, most people would have just round down to 111 or 110 or even 111.25, but 111.15? That I mean, is that's, next it's nuts. level. That's badass. Next level. It's nuts. It, it, it's a brand that appreciates the details, obviously, these whiskey magicians. So, um, or, you know, whiskey wizard is better, actually. I, I was really, I whiskey magician is like my next band name. That's amazing. Oh, yeah, it's not bad. Uh, anyways, whatever you want to call them, Old Elk produces the sauce that fuels this podcast, and for that, we are forever in their debt. And uh, by the way, I just want to point out that we were praising this stuff well before the fine folks at Old Elk kindly and generously gave us this sponsorship. Oh, so yeah. um, hopefully that tells you something. So, so fair listener, if you like whiskey, or even if you don't like whiskey, you know, just buy some Old Elk, <laughs> right? Whether it's straight wheat, infinity blend, high malt, or something, something else, whatever, just get the Old Elk, crank it up to 11 or 111, or 111.15, and run with the herd, baby. And I, can I just say how legible the label is? We, yeah, we're right. not dealing yeah. with Johnny yeah. Drum you can, here. You can see it. You can see it yeah. from it's, across the room. Yeah, As no disrespect, Johnny Drum. Yeah. We love you, yeah. Johnny Drum. <laughs> As resident designer, 100% agree. 111% agree. Good, great Good label. Yeah, great stuff. Anyway, all right, guys, it's time to rate the movie. Do it. Somebody do it. Go, Brian. Go. Um, <clears throat> I like Blade a lot. Mm. Um, I I like it as much now as I did when I was sixteen. I think I appreciate it um, on a different level, not like qualitatively, but just like I appreciate it as like what it is in the time period that it was made, um, and sort of like I don't know. It inspired. It inspired. I, I see a lot of Matrix in this movie. This movie mm. was came out before the Matrix, guys. A year before. Kansas is going bye-bye. And you know how much I love The Matrix. And when I look at Blade, I see this kind of bluish-greenish filter. I see this fucking badass black costuming that remind, it's reminiscent of The Matrix. The, the soundtrack, the, the kind of electronic soundtrack to this movie. Um, there's even like, a, like an elevator lobby scene. I mean, there's a lot of inspiration so here much. stylistically. So I credit the movie a lot for that. And it, when I was 16, I hadn't seen The Matrix yet. So that whole um, you know, component didn't exist. So yeah, so I, I like the movie a lot. It's not a perfect movie. Um, it's, 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 it's rewatchable, it, but it ha- I have some problems with it. Um, but again, it, it's favorable. I'm going to give it a 72. Great rating. I, uh, nice. I, I'm right up there with you at a 78, a little bit higher. Um, I forgot how much I love this movie. Um, I really thought the graphics and the, the one liners and stuff were going to take me out of it, but man, it is outrageously enjoyable, and there's so much detail to what they put into this uh, that I can appreciate. Especially '98. This is coming off of what Batman and Robin and like ni- the crappy '90s Batman movies they ran through. Um, oh, the Joel so, Schumacher ones, I like those. Now, when you say you like those, is that kind of like how like you like like Funyuns? <laughs> like, like I could buy that in LG. Sure. Okay. Okay. Now. Also, never mind. I don't want to get into these. Se- never, okay, we're we're seeing people <laughs> shoot at an innocent woman. On <laughs> oh no, the, Brian! We're, we're, Brian <laughs> sorry, 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 okay. slow burn. We'll cover everything. We'll cover it all. We'll cover it all. Everything. Brian's corner. Slow burn. We got it all. Yeah, it's on screen right now. So I saw it. Yeah. Um. So you're at a seventy-eight. Okay. Seventy-eight. Yep. That's a strong one. But uh, yeah, dropped it down. I mean, I. It's just so good. Like a lot of this, way just, better than Joel Schumacher's Batman. Yeah, Robin, and it's insane. Sure. Like you said, it's insane that this came out a year before Matrix. They had they couldn't have seen this or known that it was coming because it had to have been just months apart in shooting and filmmaking. 
And there's so many things that, you know, the all leather, the glasses, the, all these things. It's yeah. just incredible. I love it. All right. So you guys probably obviously know the first number of my rating. Nine. One. No. Yeah. Grizz got it. No. <laughs> oh, oh. No, no, no. I'm kidding, guys. I'm not going to give this movie a hundred. Damn it. I, really I would like to give would. this movie a hundred, but. Can I, can I, I guess? My, I don't want to steal your thunder, but. Uh, you can. Um, I, I, no, I won't. I, I don't want to steal your thunder. Well, I just I, I I will say though that my my ratings in the the last couple of episodes have been very polarized. The, under ten. Yeah. So I'm I'm it's, aware of it. No, no. no. Oh shit! I oh, adjusted. No, you did yeah, up. yeah, he adjusted both you, of them. Yeah, that's right. You popped them up. Yeah. Above There's a small, small. No, he decreased well, one no, of them. Yeah, no, one was decreased. <laughs> one was increased. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's correct. Yes. But Nick, no one wants to listen to a podcast for somebody who gives a movie a fifty talks about it. They want to hear somebody who gives it a nine or a ninety-nine. So I think the polarizing. Don't apologize for that. Yes. Well, it's just it's just how I feel about these films, and I'm giving Blade a ninety-four. Oh wow! Okay. I was gonna guess ninety-five. Okay. Dang. Yeah. 94. I you know that you know I think that makes a statement in and of itself. But Nick, love you, the movie. You have the bo- both the lowest and highest rating of any movie. I think. Between the three of us, yeah, I, I think strong 93, so far, yeah. 93 was the previous, so mm-hmm. very, very good, very high rating. I have strong opinions, yeah, yeah. This movie means a lot to me, uh, a lot of nostalgia, obviously. So I, I get that colors my opinion. So, um, but yeah, love this movie, absolutely love this movie. But let's talk about why critics and audiences do not agree on this movie. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. Do you guys have any initial thoughts before I kind of read some of these critic reviews? I mean, you know, I. It, it's kind of a straightforward movie. I mean, it crit- is odd. critics were middling on it and audience was yeah. favorable on it. Nobody yeah. was hugely doting on it. And we were discussing this right before the show, but it's it's weird that these the critic scores have actually slowly gone up over the last 10 to 15 years because of Marvel and the existence of the universe and those things and how a lot of things are pulled from this movie and a lot of references are coming back to this movie to rewatch it. And I think there's grown respect for it. And I think there's a lot of that coming up. So it's wild. Those the 10, 12% has gone up over the last 10, 15 years, which is kind of it's sleuthing. really interesting. Very good sleuthing on your part. Can I ask real quick? I just want to I know your opinion on this. One of the top YouTube comments I saw on a Blade video was um something about how basically if this movie didn't exist, the you know, the the MCU wouldn't would not exist. Oh, really? Because just basically because, you know, this was the first Marvel movie that really showed people that it, you know these movies could be big hits and then oh my gosh look what happened yeah i think that's it's hard because i i do love marvel movies i love superhero movies in general but like i think this was a weird one I, I feel like it was not that massive that it would it launched marvel into another stratosphere by any means it all through the 90s and even into the 2000s uh, early 2000s uh stanley was still selling off rights to all kinds of movies and names and characters and this was one of them i think he sold it off for like Forty or fifty thousand dollars, just to get rid of it and make cash back to himself. Um, so that's why they were able to get this, buy it, and make what they wanted. Wesley Snipes going full, almost method acting, I guess. Apparently, too bad the rest of the MCU couldn't have been rated R. I mean, I know. Well, that's that's hard because DC was the darker, more brooding overall character arcs and stuff like that. So it was always DC was always the darker, more intense rated R feel, uh, and then Marvel was more bright fun, you know, colorful characters and stuff like what, that. What DC movies are rated R? They're not, but that the comics, the comics are very dark and sure. very intense. I so, guess my point here is like MCU is made for kids and teenagers yeah, and Blade yeah, yeah. is made for, you know, I'm not going to say like discerning 50, 50 adults, year olds, but yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. made, it's, it's made 
it's a more authentic movie to me. Yeah. It's, it's not just formulaic. I mean, you look at one MCU movie, you've seen them all. And I, I get that that's because of the Disney machine and, and everything. And, and I get Blade came before that. But I mean, you just look at Blade and it stands alone. You yeah. know, it's not, I mean, obviously there's the sequels, but but you can't you can't retroactively judge Blade for, for its sequels. I mean, Blade isn't coming off the heels yeah. of a bunch of really gritty, dark, rated R um, action movies. It's coming off the heels of, of the era of Joel Schumacher in the silly PG-13 Batman movies. But you look know? at it, it still stands alone. Yeah. 25 years later, 30, you know, 25 years later, it still stands alone. It's because it's so dark. It's so different from any other Marvel movie before and after. It. Yeah. And I think you're right. I, I, like I said, a, a good sleuthing on the, on the, the, the way that, that, the, yeah. that ratings crept up. And I think you're right. I think it's because the, the Marvel fatigue and, and I think critics go and revisit this and they yeah. go, wow, you know, that's, this a, that's a vision. That's yeah. a visionary. And it's movie. because DC never made a choice to go hard into the hard R area. And that's, I think it's because Marvel tried it. And I don't think it was like, such a big success that it launched a bunch more movies. It did three more sequels, but they weren't, I don't think they got intensely better, but nice. Now, well, what did it gross worldwide? It was like 130. And what was the budget? 60. 60, 40, 50. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was 45, I think. 40, yeah. So it was a pretty big success. Yeah, I mean, it, 3X. It, 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 it probably broke even. Or double. Probably broke even. Yeah, no, because you, you look at, because you, you, you got to look at the movie budget. You, you look, at look at budget, at, um, and then you look at marketing, it's usually 2X, one and a half, 2X. And, and then you got to look at investor yeah. cuts. When it, yeah. when it, and that, we're like, that's a worldwide gross, probably, mm-hmm. right? Or is that a domestic gross? Do you, do you know? That's the number on Wikipedia. Okay, so so if that's a worldwide <laughs> gross, you, you're looking at, uh, it comes out in other countries, and the studios get a much less of a cut than they do domestically. Plus, you got investor cuts and everything. So if you're, if, if you're, if, if, Probably this movie probably broke even. Yeah, box office now ancillary and stuff like that, like media, physical copy sales and licensing, it made money. Yeah, but box office that's that's a break even, which is what they want. They studios want to break even on a movie because it means they're going to make money later. Yep. So yeah, um, the critics' consensus, though some may find the plot a bit lacking, Blade's action is fierce, plentiful, and appropriately stylish for a comic book adaptation. Michael Wilmington, Chicago Tribune. Blade is often ridiculous, mostly poorly written, and surprisingly poorly acted, too. Mm. Poorly written? Poorly acted? I don't know what fucking movie that guy's watching, but okay. <laughs> Must be watching Blade Trinity. On Blade it. Trinity, for sure. Gene Siskel. little uh, man by the name of Gene Siskel. Don't know if you guys heard of him. Chicago Tribune. What is unusual about the film is the way it combines high-tech violence with the more up-close and personal violence of vampires. These characters and the aggressive way they attack each other justify all the film's considerable noise. I really like that observation that you started that review with. That was that's interesting. I like the uh, high tech violence. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting phrase. High tech violence. Mm-hmm. Stephen Ray, Philadelphia Inquirer. Blade would have been a lot more fun if everybody had lightened up a notch. Hard disagree for me on that. Yeah, absolutely disagree. Hard no. I mean, talk about he's up. basically saying, let's change the tone of the movie, the very intentional to tone that the movie had. And campy? I, I, was, or, I, was, I, th- I found the movie very light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, UV light. UV light. Again, not to, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to keep coming to Marvel because they're, top, they're, they're everywhere, and that's like the gold standard these days. Marvel is a light... Those movies have light tones, and you come back to... And I know I'm grouping... You know, twenty-five movies together, but actually, I'm doing that on purpose because they're all the fucking same movie. You go to Blade, and Blade is very, uh, very dark, brooding, serious. And man, I got a soft spot for movies like this. I'm going to mention The Matrix again. I'm going to mention Matt Reeves' Batman 2022 again. Um, I think that's that's the better of these two, but still very dark and just like 
all the way in on the tone, and and, and it's it's great. And, and can, can I say really one quick thing about that? I think I think that's really an interesting point. And I think uh, just very briefly, light tones equals low stakes to me. Oh, light right? tones equals low stakes. Hmm. That's a that's a great observation. I have to th- I'll have to chew on that for a while. I'm sure that's not always true. No, yeah, I like that for this movie. Yeah. Listen her right in. If you hear, if you can think of one, yes, yeah. please, please, please. Almar Hafidassen, BBC.com. Snipes plays the superhero character with such aching coolness that you can't wait for the next dumbass vampire to get in his way. Amen. Yeah, breach. So basically, here he, he's he's praising the movie for just just a showcase of Wesley Snipes, just bad ass Wesley Snipes, which we've only scratched the surface on, and I'm sure we're going to talk about him more, but. But good lord, is he a badass in this movie? Um, and one of the one of the most badasses of all time. And uh, that's a little teaser for Brian's corner coming up here. But yeah, he's saying he's saying this is just put somebody in his way and see what he does. And yeah, I'm 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 in. James Berardinelli, real views. Blade has the capacity to dazzle, but it also will leave many viewers dissatisfied. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> well, I mean. What like what what dissatisfied like what what would leave somebody dissatisfied? What what did they want? How, do they want, maybe they want a character arc because this movie doesn't have much of that? I don't know. Like that could be a dissatisfaction. Maybe I I don't know. I think there's some arc. I think Karen's got a little less yeah. arc. Anyways, we're gonna get to that though. Hmm. Oh, you're, you're Blade have to... didn't have his arc. No, we'll talk about it later. And who who Blade? You think Blade had an arc in this movie? Yeah. Blade was exactly the same from start to finish. He had zero arc. Charles, Ta- this last one, Charles Taylor, Salon.com. The fight scenes, particularly Blade's first appearance, are undeniably exciting. Yeah, truth. You guys think of the fight scenes when you think back to this movie? I mean, is it... I think the fight scenes in this movie are so good for so many reasons, and I'm just going to give one reason right now, because they don't just drag on for like 15 minutes like some of these fucking Marvel movies. They're just punching people in the face and throwing fireballs and pieces of building. I'm just like, okay. It's just, these movies, they're, they're punchy, they're nice. Two minutes in and out. Even the final sequence is just—it's not that drawn out. So I really appreciate that. I'm, I'm going to say two things: one in favor and one opposed. The the in favor is yeah. There's no there's there's a lot there's no destruction in this movie. I get so fatigued of the destruction. There's a fight scene and the entire city is flattened, and I don't know why I get anxious when that. I'm, not, I'm like, who's going to clean this up? Like these people's <laughs> small businesses are ruined. This these cars are like the, I just, just the dollar signs flash in my eyes, and and I know that's a stupid trifle, but like I always get anxious when when Marvel movies destroy the world. What I'll say is bad about it is um, it's it suffers from the from the each each person take a turn coming at blade everyone yeah, just stand there sure. swinging your sword yeah and then when it's your turn go in and get your ass kicked. but can i say but can i defend that really quick i only if you can defend the lightsaber duel fight on, on, <laughs> no, on, the, no. on the, the last jedi because i'm i stand no 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 that no i feel like that's such a great like kind of homage to like old classic kung fu movies right right like that's how the fight sequences in those movies like there's old jackie chan who's like drunken master and like, but do you, you think those, this movie was trying to be an homage to those movies? Yeah, I do yeah, think absolutely. it was trying to pay some respect to that the, that kind. Of, I think it definitely took inspiration from old kind of kung fu. I mean, look how he fights. The, Knowing kind how of the, Snipes is personally and how he also was part of the production of this film and how he really wanted to make it what it was, rated R. He wanted to make it martial arts and real hand-to-hand combat. I think they absolutely were taking homage to Japanese film and fighting styles and stuff like that. It's fine to be inspired by that fighting technique, but to... But to, to, to to have your fighting be completely unrealistic just because you're giving an homage to old movies, 
hard disagree that's what this movie was doing well i think hard there's disagree. i think it's people i think it's there it's it's an entertainment thing it's not mm-hmm. uh, it's just because to some people that might be a more entertaining way to view a fight sequence kind of one after the other like that and i get you don't like that but some i think a lot of people do like that look can i just say real quick i, I gotta say I raise have your to hand say if you disagree i have <laughs> a huge problem with with people excusing this movie for that but then indicting the last Jedi for the lightsaber scene when Ray and Kylo Ren fight, and because pe- I have heard of, it's a very common for people to disparage that movie highly because of that lightsaber scene. Matter of fact, I think you gentlemen both sat there and said the same thing about that movie. I'm, I might be wrong. I might be ch- um, channeling what other people said to me, but I've heard a lot of indictment to that movie for that, and I would at least very uh, hope that those same people would indict Blade for the same reasons. You cannot excuse one. I know and not the that other. Nick had issues with that fight scene. But I don't remember. I think I liked that scene. Okay, okay. So but I, I don't put words remember, in your mouth. Yeah. I apologize. But I don't. I because it, it was well choreographed. I think that's the thing that newer movies have is they are they are very vigilant. And yeah. Look at sure. John, look at Wick. Look yeah. At, look they at are Atomic fully Blonde, aware man. of the motion of an entire fight scene. I predict in the next yeah. five scenes there's going to be an Oscar for stunt work, and and it, it is such a much uh, a huge industry now. Sort of like visual effects have grown. I think stunts are growing as well, and I think. I get that this isn't modern day. This was 25 years ago, but yeah. still, I, I, I had a little bit of a problem with with the, with the fight scenes. They were awesome, and I'm not going to be a stickler. Something that helped with this for me, at least, was a lot of the newer, especially Marvel films, superhero films. They are not fighting another person, another human on the other end. They're fighting a CG filled something. And though graphics have gotten better, 2009, 10, 11 graphics are beautiful in a lot of movies. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, and then you go into new Marvel movies. They're not; they're fighting a larger than life human <laughs> or creature or whatever. So it's hard for you to imagine that's a real fight. There's not much risk or you know uh, stake. So this, I have a, a lot of respect for how fast pace it was. They kept it at 24 frames. They didn't speed it up or slow it down to go too crazy with the slow mo. How many slow mo shots? They waited till Blade Two for that. Yeah, I don't think there, I don't think there was any slow mo. This I movie had some fast mo. There was some yes, over there was yes. some overcranking, some very over interesting stuff. overcranking. In so this the movie. fight scenes were all shot in twenty four. I had to look that up. I don't know if Ben can confirm that, but uh, a lot of those were shot in twenty four. And uh, um, fucking throwing his name out, I forget Wesley his name. Snipes. Wesley Snipes for like he was adamant and he was moving so quickly for them in the fight scenes that they had to make sure to choreograph for it, hmm. which is insane. Okay, well. I guess, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's to each their own on, on the style of fights they like. I guess all I'm saying is they weren't they weren't perfect. Um, the Matrix did it a lot better. And um, what's what movie is that? Uh, it's a it's a little movie. It's a little indie pick that what came is out the Matrix? Um, by the by the directors of Bound. Do you uh, like that movie? Another amazing movie, by the way. If you haven't checked out Bound, t- check it out. Great movie, Joey Pants. All right, let's look at the audience <laughs> reviews here. So we I just read the critic reviews that sounded very positive, and again. The critics did not hate this movie. I think the critics accepted this movie. Um, and I think uh, there was a couple negative ones in there in that pool that I read. But most of them were, were, were saying, yeah, this is what's good about the movie. And they, they were gushing it, over it. Respected it, not loved it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Good, good way to put it. The audience was hotter on it. We'll see what they said here. We'll see kind of a through line. Um, Tanya B. I've always loved this movie. Seen it so many times. Great music, actors, and sexuality. 10 out of 10. Sexuality. Are vampires sexual, guys? They were in this film. Oh, they are. Yeah. <laughs> vampires are sexual. This is definitely... I love the contrast of this film and how they portrayed vampires. I thought it was definitely different for the time. I don't think... Uh, the cool thing was just Stephen Dorff 
I thought played this perfectly. Like he just played that brat billionaire son. Can you imagine being that blonde to other vampire? And they're like, all right, in this scene, you're going to suck Steven, Steven Dorff's tongue, which is covered in blood. All right. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> all right, let's do Roll. 10. Let's do 10 takes. <laughs> but I thought the contrast was great. They showed the old school vampires and like the, the way they visualized them and in suits and ties and black everything. And then they showed Steven Dorff. And how his character was like this clean cut. He's got his eye, you know, his MP3 player in. He's got like his computer and tech. His coffin wasn't a coffin. It was like this weird, like uh, digital, like all steel bed. So I think those those that contrast was fantastic. Sexuality, Nick. Yeah, I thought there was an especially um, kind of interesting twist um, at the end of the movie with with him and and, and Karen. I, I want to talk about that in slow burn. I, okay, I yeah, sure, the, sure. The, I just and how that kind of, yeah, but that element. So yes, you you, you would agree. Yes, as, as would I. Hutch E, excellent. Years later, it is better than when I first watched it. Ten out of ten. Does Blade hold up? I think it holds up so well. I think I couldn't honestly when I saw this was I just looked at this, it was made in ninety eight. I was like, this movie is more than twenty five years old, and it holds up great. This movie could have been made ten years ago, and I would have not batted an eye. Um, some of the CG doesn't quite hold up, but it's still pretty fucking good for the time. Like I think really good actually. There's only once again we're going to talk about it more in slow burn, yeah. but um, I thought the CG for the time was excellent. I think it still holds up. It's about a 50-50 for me on holds up, what doesn't, what does. It's weird that some of the scenes did hold up really well and they looked great and then they showed the exact same thing and you're like, oh, what the fuck? What happened there? Like, why did they cut the budget there but not the other side? So, I think it holds up. I, yeah. I agree. I think it holds up well. TM, easily one of the best movies of the 90s and the only good Marvel adaptation in my opinion. I can't think of a more iconic opening sequence in an action movie. And who doesn't want to go to that blood rave? Let's be serious here. 10 out of 10. My thought was, I don't want to go to that blood rave. See how messy it was? No. Uh, well, if you're a vampire, you do. I, I also have a problem with that. Okay. I love milkshakes, but I don't want to be showered in them. But I, I have an issue with, with the different. blood. You don't need milkshakes to live, bro. Or yeah, maybe but, you yeah, do. But, but what's, the, what's the appeal of having the blood showered onto you? Like, like... You're not a vampire. You don't get it, man. Oh, I just don't get it, huh? All right. No. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll take your word for it. I don't want to go to that blood rave, though. By the way, I just it looked it looked terrible. I oh, by the way, so let's make that a pull quote. It, it, was, yeah. <laughs> it was a fucking awesome scene, by the way. One of the best scenes in the movie, maybe yeah. the best scene. But I don't want to go there. I just want to watch it from afar. I thought that was a great review, by the way. Okay. Good job, TM. I don't want to go to that blood rave. I don't. <laughs> no, no, no. I already wrote. I That's literally write. what I have written down here. I, I don't want to go to that blood rave. I already wrote down, love milkshakes, but I don't want to be showered in them. <laughs> so that's Brian. Monsole E. Some MFers are always trying to ice skate uphill. I have no idea what that means, but it and the rest of the movie are amazing. 10 out of 10. All right, let's save that for slow burn. Okay, I got a little fun fact for you guys on that one too. Morby I. Okay, this is his name. Good vampire movie. Not enough Morbius. My grandma and second cousin enjoyed it also. I, back to watching Morbius on repeat, 10 out of 10. You love it when people rate 10 out of 10 with a shitty review, don't you? No, no, I don't <laughs> think that was a shitty review. Oh, I, no. I, I think he's trolling us. I think he's tongue-in-cheek saying that Morbius was a good movie, and he's like a Morbius fan, and he like takes time out of watching Morbius to go rate other movies. I have mm. a whole lore with this person. I'm infatuated with his grandma and second cousin, and why he felt the need to tell the internet about them. Yeah. Uh, last one, guys, Anonymous. This movie changed my life. 
It was one of the first introductions to vampires that I had and made me the weirdo I am today. Nick? Ten, 10 out of 10. Uh, actually, it's not anonymous. Nick Honeywell. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, yeah. No, Blade, I mean, yeah. You guys. Nick H. Correct. I read this before I heard Nick's um, pedigree with this movie or history with this movie. Um, my, my, my comment on this one was Blade changed this person's life. And I was I was kind of bemused by that. And I've realized I've met another yet another person who Blade has changed her life. And that's Nick Honeywell. So I guess Blade can change lives. It can. Yeah. So there you go, guys. Fans generally seem to be comparing Blade to the rest of the MCU. Uh, and, and Blade is favorable. Um, it's a quite different feel. Uh, fans generally liked how badass Blade was. They loved Blade. Like at the character Blade. He was just executed well. Mm-hmm. Great character. Um, great cast and, and, and well, well-acted well character as well. So that was kind of my... I think the audience was a little hotter because they just latched onto Blade and they just they really identified with him and, and, and loved him as a character. So I think that kind of explains the discrepancy a little bit there, there the disparity. Themes. Let's talk themes. I'll get us started. I think there's a very clear good versus evil theme uh, and a theme that of, of like, you know, the way you have to fight evil is to be sort of relentless and sort of unforgiving um and i think that's kind of interesting hmm. well said there's a theme hmm. i didn't get so hot of a good versus evil i didn't i kind of felt like it was just people killing people they didn't like but well it wasn't I but the whole fate of humanity was kind of on the line right I don't know. It seemed to be pretty well in check. The vampires stayed in the dark, and they stayed in their little cave. Well, did you see the end, though? They were about to... You know, the blood gob's coming back. I'm just going to take over yeah. the world. Well, that was only because of Steven Dorff's character. That had nothing to do with the round table of vampires. They seemed to actually work well with humans, yeah. as they talked about, and they had this agreement in place. I mean, but definitely definitely the blood god, Steven Dorff, and his his whole crew, they were evil. I, I, I definitely yes. agree with yeah, you. Yeah. I'm just not so much seeing good. Like, I'm seeing Blade... Who is just on a on a vendetta? Like he's 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 on a, a, a never-ending vendetta to kill every vampire he can find because of what happened to his mom. I mean, that's I, I, and and t- to me, that's more of an anti-hero than, he's than a good hero. For, yes, we'll talk about this French corner, I'm sure. But the uh, the whole idea of his theme or his arc or whatever you want to call it, him going. The only reason he's after is because he was wronged by a vampire killing his mother and causing this pain for him to have to go through as a daywalker. It's sort of like John Wick, right? John Wick, it's not good versus evil. It's which, they, they fucking killed my dog, and so now I'm yeah, going to kill all of which them. Which is ironic because him and Stephen Dorff are, are almost identical characters because Stephen Dorff is the outsider in the vampire community because he's not a pureblood. And uh, Blade is also not that's a pureblood. So they're identical characters. And that's what's, sort of yin-yang kind of... Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, I mean, they're the exact same side of the coin playing against the whole vampire cult in the background. So. I, I could see how you could argue that um, Blade is an anti-hero, I guess. But yeah. I, I, I guess, but I just, I don't really see it that way. Even though I think you could make that argument, he kind of, to me, feels kind of more of a. He kind of feels like the style of hero of kind of like a, uh, like a Clint Eastwood and like the Man with No Name trilogy. Hmm. Kind I'm of so glad you brought that up. Interesting. Kind of yeah, so glad you brought that up. You know, it, you know, he's he's not quite as um, laconic as that character, but. Similar vibe. Yeah. Similar thing going on. I got a real strong theme in this movie. Um, and this is one of the reasons I rated it so highly, or as high as I did, I suppose. Um, I think I think number one was just the style and execution, but number two is this theme, uh, speciesism, right? I think mm. this movie really impl- it really explores, is it better to die than become non-human? 
because you see these vampires, you know, you turn into a vampire and you can have this awesome life, right? You can you can party and you can be strong and powerful. And of course, yeah, you have to feed on blood to, to live. But, you know, there's downsides, but better than dying, right? Yeah. But, but not because, well, yeah. because you know, the, the they're like, hey, you know, use this gun on yourself if you start to turn. The Chris Christopherson, you know, Whistler tells that to Karen. He's like, you know, you start to turn, use this on yourself. You know, it's better to die than to, to be a, a vampire. And I'm, I can see both sides. I can see his side because from a human's perspective... The human humanity is is our species, and we in in anything not that is is a different a different species, and so you know you're not going to identify with that, and it's going to feel very foreign. Now, if you could somehow cross into that other species and become that, and look back on humanity, would you then feel that you that humanity was foreign, and that whatever species you are is? I mean, yeah, is it better to die or become a vampire? And I like that. Mm. I like that there are characters who see both sides in this movie. And I thought that was a pretty cool theme here. Yeah, I think that's a good observation. Um, yeah, I do. Yeah, I think I do think though. I don't know. I still I still feel like back to the good and evil thing. Like think of like Chris Christopherson's character. Like he sees like Whistler. To him, like, think about his point of view. This is obviously a very black and white, good and evil situation with zero blurred lines, right? Yeah. And I guess that's kind of how I see it. But I could see how you could see it the other way. So, anyways, I thought your speciesism point, though, yeah. was was well taken. And I think okay. that's actually very interesting. I think both are good. Yeah, they're, good, they're both presents. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's what I got for themes. Grizzly. Thematic thoughts? No, I just want that unlimited uh, Blood Rave membership, so I'd be all in on that. Hey, yeah. real quick, we're seeing Stephen Dorff with a shirt off here. Um, 25 years ago, I think you could be on screen without shirtless and be kind of a scrawny Stephen Dorff. Do you guys realize you don't see that anymore these days? Mm. If somebody takes their shirt off on screen, they're fucking jacked. And if, yeah. they, and if they're not, then there's some weird reason they're not. So it was, it was weirdly refreshing to see like a normal... A normal man, uh, shirtless on screen. So, I, I, mean, really, I think I, that's. I think you're onto something. <laughs> yeah. I greatly with appreciate hair. that. Think, yeah, With a right. chest yeah. too. Yeah, he's I, very. Yeah, yeah. He greatly like, appreciate that. He looks like pre uh, Captain America. Before he does. Yeah. He sure does. <laughs> funny enough, his stunt double later in the movie has like an eight, like an intense eight pack. Mm. If you look close, it's so funny. <laughs> All right, um, arcs. Any any arcs? I, I'll start because I you know I brought this up earlier quickly. I think Karen had an arc. I, I think Karen kind of started off as uh, sort of uh, naive and um, sort of unable to fend for herself, and then kind of warmed up and uh, quite literally warmed up that big fat vampire, the uh, Pearl. Pearl. That's it, that scene we'll talk about a little bit later, but um, you know that was part of her transition into sort of like um a little bit more of a badass um supporter of blade and you know down to kill some vampires too i mean i can see that i didn't get that vibe because at the beginning she's holding her own against that that other mortician guy and she's like kind of t- she's not some kind of like pushover she's like yeah, she's a this tough body chick, yeah she's very tough yeah. um I, I didn't i mean I well agree, but she I, just gets rocked by that vampire in that scene and her at the end of the movie would have defended herself against that vampire sure yeah, I, I I think there's a slight arc there. Yeah, for 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 her toughness. Yeah, and I don't think she hematologist. Yeah, I, yeah, because <laughs> it's like she's already dumped this guy. She's already over him. She, you know what I mean? She's already kind of her own independent woman. She's you know, 
Yeah, I might be reaching here a little bit. I'm trying. I'm trying. No, no, I, I'm trying I, to get an arc out of here. In, in hey, Nick, I, I think I got hey, one. In Nick, oh, that's hey, the a only ground, <laughs> a ground ball still has an arc. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> because the Earth is curved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Gravity. Nick, yeah. That's the only arc that I saw in this movie. The only. One. So I yeah. think <laughs> I kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but I think Blade has a slight arc in the fact that he has this like strong vengeance to find his mother's killer or find his mother's like why he is the way he is and he is wondering why he is the way he is and then he gets to the end where he has to confront his mother his actual mother is still alive dwarf i guess bit her and she became a vampire and then a slave to him i guess um and i think in that moment he has to choose like does he go back and try to save his mother or he kills her and ends her life and he ends that entire storyline of him going after who her killer is and why and why is he doing all these things and then he just simply at the end he decides to murder her in that moment and in the cycle and then he just decides at the you know he's just going to go after and destroy vampires in general instead. so i'd like you to nuance that from an arc from a decision to an arc right yeah, i don't, know, it, if it, it, I don't it, know if it's an arc that's the hardest part is i don't know how big of an arc that is but i feel like he had to make that choice and the entire his entire storyline is trying to find who killed his mother why he is the way he is, who was his you know, father, yeah. who was the killer, all those things. And I think that's very interesting stuff. And I think yeah. decisions and, and plot points are very interesting. I don't think there's a, a point in time in this movie where Blade would not have chosen to do that. That's why I don't think that's an arc. I think at any point in time in this movie, if he's confronted with that exact same situation, he does the exact same thing. And two things. I'm not saying, I didn't finish this movie and go, well, there were no arcs in that movie. Like, I'm not like <laughs> looking for arcs, right? But sure. but, but arcs are sort of an unconscious thing that that they, they, they give depth to the movie to where when you're thinking back, you're going, oh, I was on a journey with this character or whatever. I don't think a movie has to have an arc. I really don't. We've said that before. Yeah. We've said movies have to have themes. They don't have to have arcs. Um, that being said, if it did have some sort of a deeper complex arc, I don't even know how they would have written that, but I think that this movie would have been an 82 or a 92 yeah. for me, maybe. Um, but yeah, I just I just think that Decisions are important. Plot points are important, but arcs are their own thing, and I don't think this movie had any. Fair point. This is Critical Mess. We are talking about Blade from 1998. We are sponsored by Old Elk, especially the Infinity Blend, which is Infinity Delicious. Good gravy, it's good. (laughs) So, so good. 111.15 proof. (laughs) 0.15. Gotta love that precision. That delicious precision. Anyway, mm-mm. Old Elk, we love you. Um, now, now, now. It's time. Where are we going, Nick? Well, I think you already know the answer to that, but Take us there. you know, it's a special place and um we go there every week and we uh we fill up our drinks with uh we blend all the drinks, right? The the Pepsis and the the Barks root beers and the um, the high C and the the you know all the all the drinks we make our own drinks and little small crushed crushed um, slush puppy ice mm-hmm. oh yeah that's with not the, the best ice, ice. Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy John's has that ice yeah yeah they do yeah and very few others do very and few. I've heard those ice machines cost extra money mm-hmm. so anyways we'll talk about that Ryan's corner has it later anyways yeah where are we going. <laughs> <laughs> ben is allergic to Brian's Corner. Hey, everybody. Ben. Oh, there's yeah. a cat or something around here in Brian's Corner. Gather around, everyone. Welcome to Brian's Corner. Glad to have you here. Today, uh, I want to talk about antiheroes. I think Blade is an antihero. What's an antihero? Well, it's, I don't know, it's a conflicted hero. It's a hero that doesn't care if people like him or not. It's a hero that maybe is is motivated by other things besides straight good versus evil it's a i think a very interesting type of hero maybe my favorite kind of hero 
Um, I don't know if any of those are the right definition. I did not look up the definition of antihero, but I want to talk about the idea of an antihero. So I found 24 antiheroes in film, and I ranked them into two divisions of 1 to 12 seeds. And I would like us to do an antihero bracket. And I would like to hear who is the fucking baddest-ass antihero ever to live. Okay. Cut, how, that, how, cut that out. I just set the beer down. Uh, there we go. All right. How are we going to do this? So I'm, I'm just going to... This is Brian's corner, so I've already set the bracket up. Okay, we got east versus west, right? All right. I just want you guys to give me the answer. I'm going to pit these two together. If it's okay. one seed I get, I get it. Okay, here we go. And I want you guys just to tell me who... This is fun. What's the name of this bracket? Anti antihero bracket. Okay. Well, okay. We could come up make with a be- better. Make a better name. name. What's what could it be? Well, I need like a, you need to give me a deliverable, and I need Reiner. a few minutes. To, okay. All right. I'll get, <laughs> I'll get that. Here, I'll ping the <laughs> AE. I, I also don't think we have the rights to antihero from Taylor Swift. No, we don't. Yeah. I, mean, I already thought about yeah. that. Yeah. Damn. Um, but yeah, guys, listen. You can. You can. You, your answer can be who you like better. It could just be who. Yeah. Who, whoever who, comes to you. Who yeah. wins in a fight? Yeah. Who wins? The, if these two characters are in the movie, who wins the movie? How, whatever. I think it's the bigger bad. Ass, right? Yeah, just let your just heart speak. Bigger, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, and, and there go. may be somebody who can physically beat somebody else up, but but does that mean they're better? I don't know. I'm yeah, gonna let no, your right. hearts decide. I'm gonna give you the one versus twelve seed in the East, and uh, give me your thoughts. Okay, not even thoughts. Just tell me who. Right? Oh, Ben, and you're I, in on this too. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, get ready. Well, yeah, because we gotta have an odd we number. We gotta have an odd number. All right. Number one seed, Blade. Of course. Number twelve seed, Max Payne. Yeah, I like I like Max Payne, but obviously Blade. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. Going Blade. Easy win. Yeah, okay. Blade. Blade wins that one. Uh, the number two seed, John Wick. Number 11 seed, Jack Reacher. John Wick. John Wick for Easy sure. too. Jeez. Right. We're going to have John Wick versus Blade. Oh, mm-hmm. Of course. Uh, number three seed, Magneto. With the number 10 seed, Dirty Harry. Mm, I'm, I'm, <sighs> Dirty I'm, Harry all day for me. I'm going Magneto. Yeah. Nah, I can't. Sorry. I don't even Harry. like the superhero movies. Yeah. Okay, fine. I'm fine. Dirty Harry. I'm. I'm well, no oh, shit. Right. Wow. Wait, wait. We got an upset already. Yeah, we got Dirty Harry over Magneto. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, wait, Magneto. Wait, 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 wait. The only thing that Mag- keeps Magneto going is that scene in the bar in Argentina yeah. with Fassbender. Yeah. And he, with those with the Nazis, and it, that that's one of the coolest, that is one of the greatest coolest scenes I've ever, seen, I've in ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah but think about yes. Magneto. Like, think about him. He. It's uh, such a great antihero. I know you're 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 right. You're right. He is a great antihero. He's dirty hairy. Dirty well hairy. Dirty he is the boss. Hey, hey, I may have seated this incorrectly, but okay, that, I'll accept the upset here. Magneto I been, doesn't have forty five. It went true, true. I clearly would have picked Magneto here, but uh, we're going dirty hairy. Okay, uh, we're uh, number four seed Deadpool with the against the number nine seed the Driver from Drive. Obviously, Driver. <sighs> Remember, this isn't just who you like better. This is who's the better anti-hero. Driver. Deadpool or the driver from Drive? Driver. Really? Or Drive, sorry. Ben? I don't see Deadpool as an anti-hero. I don't know. I will say that everyone on this list has been described by at least one cr- professional critic as an anti-hero specifically. Oh. So I yeah. didn't just pull these out of my ass, but I yeah. also, you know, you, I, you can also argue that they're not. I think Deadpool is because... He kind of he's kind of like Blade, like he's an asshole. He doesn't yeah. care if people like him. You know, he's he's not out to like sort of be this like Captain America, yeah. but he's also fighting against the bad guys. So. He's fighting against the bad guys, but also he's like doesn't care about anything. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know. Uh, well, he's I mean, also very that's nice. Kind of a, that's kind of an antihero. You know? Deadpool's done. Yeah. All right. Driver from Drive. Okay, cool. Another upset. Number five seed Snake Plissken. 
Snake Plissken. Snake Escape, Plissken. Escape from New York. Snake Plissken. Uh, Snake. Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. Yeah. Go no, make me okay, think about ahead. this. Make me think about this. Snake. Number five it. seed, Snake Plissken ver- versus number eight seed. There's only one. John McClane. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> there was only one person. There was only one person you could have said there. There was only one. Oh, that's tough. And you're right. I'm going to go John McClane, yeah, damn John it, because that's the well, only one you could have said. What's the room saying? John McClane. I hate that matchup. You guys are going John McClane over Snake Plissken. I hate that matchup. I hate that matchup. John McClane is an anti-hero. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, he's just he's an everyman. He's thrust into this situation. He just kind of cares about his wife. You know, he's an anti-hero, of yeah. course. He swears at the police. He doesn't set out to be some good guy. He's kind of a he's kind of a bad guy, you know? Yeah, he's, but he's, he's still he's morally all of his choices are not not morally wrong. They're no, no, anti-heroes aren't morally wrong. They're just not your typical hero in that they are he's not captain they're america flawed. They're, 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 they're flawed their morals are sort of more self-serving a lot of times mm. or at least um they're not your classic you know just good guy okay all right yeah. um, like captain america yeah i gotta go john mcclain then i still i can't get by. that's a bad matchup for snake yeah, so we tough. have three Sorry, bad unanimous upsets in this room wow yeah okay uh it's just not going the way you thought <laughs> Uh, n- uh, number six versus number seven. This is almost a dead heat. Uh, number six, um, Judge Dredd versus number seven, Indiana Jones. Who wins? The six or the seven seed? I think Dredd is the better Dredd, anti-hero. Dredd. Yeah. And Dredd's yeah. definitely a more anti-hero for sure. Judge Dredd. All right. In the West, number one seed, Batman versus the number 12 seed, Han Solo. Better anti-hero. Han Solo. Man, I, I know. Ooh. I... I yeah, that's a tough one. I the fact that this isn't fucking unanimously Batman is blowing my mind right now. But Han Solo, I mean, those movies just mean so much to us. Yeah. I mean, we're not judging the movies. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're not judging. The I movies. know, but Brian, it's hard. Ooh, that's uh, tough. I gotta go Batman. Yeah, I'll go Batman. You guys too. literally just picked Judge Dredd over Indiana Jones. Clearly, we're not judging the movies. We're judging yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. characters. No, dude, Dredd the was a characters. classic. Uh, Judge Dredd? No. Uh, well, first, yes. Not Dredd twenty twelve. I think both are classics. Yeah. Well, you might want to take Rob Schneider out of that movie, <laughs> and you got yourself a <laughs> sorry, Rob, an Oscar winner. <laughs> Nick, set yourself up with a double feature: Ju- 1993's Judge Dredd, and then Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. And then you tell me who's uh, which movie is better. All right, so we're going Batman. Yeah, over Han yeah, Solo. Yeah, yeah, that's the right answer, and that's what I was going to type, regardless of what you motherfuckers said. All right, number two seed Wolverine versus the number eleven seed, the Man with No Name. As Nick has already oh, pointed man. out. Oh man! See, that's, mm. I, that's I hate to. I, I, yeah, I'm going with Man with No Name. Man, He's a better anti-hero. I love Wolverine with, though, but I'm I'm doing it. Man, man with No, no name. name. I'm saying Wolverine. Wolf, you guys, Wolverine is like, like literally the poster. Yeah. The, the is my opinion. My opinion is the, like it's like the textbook example of an anti-hero is Wolverine. I'm some typing people, Wolverine. No, some people don't care about X-Men as much as you do. Well, I don't you, care you, about X-Men. Well, I do. But <laughs> Wolverine, Wolverine's amazing. Uh, all right, in the West, the three seed, John Rambo versus the 10 seed, Jason Bourne. Rambo. 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 Ooh. That's the right answer, guys. Uh, in the West, the number four seed, Rorschach from Watchmen. Ooh, love work. Versus the nine seed, Jack Bauer, 24. Bauer. Jack Bauer all day. I'm, I'm going I'm Rorschach. Going Rorschach. And, oh, what? Wait, you don't get a vote? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> he, made, he, made he started them. voting about two times, no. two votes ago. All right, okay. So Look, you if you want go, us to play the game, I'm going Rorschach. But all right, you guys going Jack Bauer? Okay, Jack Bauer. All we day. are just yeah. for the record. Yeah, him taking out that giant hotel room of Russians off screen. Come on, so season Jack, one. So, so Jack Bauer, season so Jack two. Bauer, Jack Bauer wins against the guy who says, 
I'm not stuck in here with you. You're all fucking stuck in here with me. Rorschach. That is a great line. He's yeah. a badass. Hey, but what okay. do we think about? What John? do we think about that movie? Jack Bauer. It's fine. What do we think about that film? I love it. Okay. Oh, don't love, don't love yeah. a lot of Snyder, yeah. but love that one. Yeah. All right. In the West, number five, Duke Nukem. <laughs> Sorry, these are an all film. <laughs> Obviously, Max Payne was well. That was a movie. That's a movie. It's a movie. Duke Nukem versus number eight, Sherlock Holmes. Who wins? How is there not a Duke Nukem movie? That's an oversight. Know, right? But yeah, I'll take Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock. Sherlock. Yeah. Okay. I respect that. Um, clearly, guys have never played Duke Nukem. All right. Uh, number six, The Mandalorian versus number seven, Harley oh, Quinn. I was playing Duke Nukem in like 1993. I, I, I know. I realized yeah, that was, was playing, when that was it was shareware. That was an asinine yeah, statement yeah. to make. Sorry. <laughs> when I had a floppy disk and <laughs> yeah. I had to put yeah. it in. Yeah. Mando versus Harley Quinn. Mando. Mando. Sure. <laughs> Did you ever watch the show? No. No. All right. Strong. Let's move on to the second round. We've got number one, Blade versus shit. I don't, I didn't uh, like actually do this right. So I'll just, I'll just do top to bottom. Number one, Blade versus number six, Judge Dredd. Blade. Blade. Blade moves on. We got John Wick versus John McClane. The Battle of the Johns. McClane. That's my favorite movie. Who's the better (laughs) antihero? Yes. Still, John McClane versus who? John Wick. John Wick. John Wick. John Wick. John Wick wins. Dirty Harry versus Driver from Drive. Dirty Harry. Dirty Harry. My vote doesn't matter. Well, say your say your answer because it better be the Driver. You don't matter. It is the Driver, and that's my answer too. But I'm going to type Dirty Harry. Do you have a movie poster for Drive? No. No, you should. should. I do have the jacket. Oh, that's right. You have the jacket. That's right. You guys know what's funny? You guys know what's funny for a twelve. A twelve seated, a twelve slot seed. It it narrows down to three at the end. <laughs> All right, Whoops. that means there's only gonna be three rounds. Let's go back to the West. Batman versus Mandalorian. Batman. Batman. Yep. Batman. Antihero. Wolverine versus Sherlock Holmes. Wolverine. Wait, didn't Wolverine lose? Yeah, but he took a veto on all of our votes. All right, fucking man with no name. Yeah, what? That was back when I thought I was yeah, playing. Yeah, and then in man that spirit, no that's who I'm voting for. Man with no name versus yeah, Sherlock in Holmes. In fact, that's all I'm man voting for no now until the end. <laughs> man with no name. <laughs> is that what? What does the room say? Man with no name or, or yeah, uh, man, man with no name? name. Yep. All right. Um, Sherlock Holmes. Sorry. And then John Rambo, Jack Bauer. Who wins? Rambo. 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 All right, guys. <laughs> here we Bauer. go. God. In the east. I want you to pick one of these three: Blade, John Wick, or Dirty Harry. Who comes out on top? Blade. Who's the best antihero? Think about it. Think about it. It's important. Very important. I go with my John guy. Wick, Blade, or who? Dirty Harry. Dirty Harry. John Wick, Blade, Dirty Harry. I'm gonna go John Wick. I'm going John Wick too. All right. You know, I realized if you each said one of the three, my whole thing breaks down. John Wick, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, he was the two seed. So you guys are agreeing with me here. Mm. Uh, all right. In the West, we have Batman versus the man with no name versus Rambo. Who's the best antihero? Remember that last scene in Rambo when he's breaking down and talking to the cop? Very great, complex character. Don't sleep on Rambo. I'm going man with no name. And I'm not even trolling either because good, bad, and the ugly is in my top five of all yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, man with no name. Yeah. I mean, I will awesome. second that. Oh. Yeah. You've seen the the, the Dollars trilogy. Okay. Yes, I have. I'm surprised because oh, they yes. were made before 1980. I right. know. Ben, my uncle your... got me into a handful of movies, and that was one that I loved. And ben, I'm what's still your answer? Doing Rambo. Okay, Rambo. <laughs> yeah. Wow, Batman was not for, selected. First, first Blood is so good. Like, yeah. when was the last time you watched it? Because it, 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 it is so good. It is super good. Yeah, no, you're right. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. But also, Batman's the best anti hero. All right. La- we have a championship. Here we go. Drum roll. John Wick versus Man with No Name. Best anti hero of all time. John Wick or the Man with No Name? Man with No Name. It's easy for me. Yeah. 
There it is. Man with no name. The 11th seed just fucking won the tournament. <laughs> yes. Why did I, I even waste my time on this? Yeah. All right. I love it. Okay, no, there you go. Fun. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, Everyone fun. loves a good upset. We yeah. have determined this that. Cinderella, Cinderella story. Yeah, exactly. Cinderella story, baby. We, hey, I'm kind of proud that Critical Mess has agreed that the best antihero of all time, and actually, I think, I think we're right, is the man with no name. Yeah, I'm not mad at that at all. It's not some kind of newfangled no. Marvel character. It's not some kind of flashy John Wick. It's the fucking man with no name. Thanks for joining me on Brian's Corner, everybody. I appreciate you playing my my uh, what stupid game, and we'll be here till eleven making suicides for the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks for that trip to Brian's Corner, special and fun as always. <laughs> and thank you to our tasty sponsor, Old Elk. This is Critical Mess. We're talking about a blade, guys. It's time. It's time. You guys know what time it is. All the Patreons are just now joining us. Hey, right welcome, guys. Welcome, now. welcome, true fans. The only reason people listen to this show. And um, and I know, and, and the thing is, so there are a few names that this segment goes by. And, and guys, just give me one of them. I think, um, like, Crossfire, right? Crossfire's one. Crossfire. You'll get up in it. Give me, give me another one, Grizz. Oh, man. Uh, has it ever been called Slow Burn? Yeah. For it sure, has for sure. It's been called called slow burn. It's been called medium fire. Mm. It started out um, as rapid fire, and it rapid started fire. out as as rapid fire. Do we even yeah. is that for sure? Was that actually ever? Oh, it was totally. It was definitely rapid. I remember Nick. Nick originally, his, yeah. the segments were rapid fire and <laughs> flipped the script, and I was like, "Oh, we didn't flip the script on this. That's that's not, oh, right. well, shit. It's old, well, old thanks, news. Thanks to our sponsor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks, old elk. Nick, might I? May I, can I say that? People listen to this show despite the rest of the show. Like they, 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 they listen to this segment even though they have to put up with the rest of the shitty show. I think they still I, I li- listen to this segment. That's how good it is. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to think that. I'd like to think that. <laughs> it's so, anyways. But I think that the, generally the name these days it is slow burn. Slow burn. And we're gonna burn it. We're gonna burn it. And we'll just integrate our our. Uh, script flipping right into slow burn, right? Because who cares? So this is who cares. So all right, let's burn it. Um, get the party started here. So I want to just talk for a second, guys, generally about superhero movies. Um, we haven't really kind of broadly talked about that yet. So just general feeling on the genre. Do you guys like superhero movies? Are you into the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Um, tell me your thoughts. I'm just curious. I love superhero movies. I enjoy them. I think they're very fun. Uh. Both old and new. From the 80s all the way through the 90s, they were kind of campy in the 90s, but then they kind of ramped back up in the late, mid-2000s. So, I'm in. I'm on them. I have a default posture of not liking a superhero movie. Um, It has to win me over and do something special for me to like it. So, there are many that I like, but a majority that I dislike. Mm. Yeah, I'm mostly in Brian's camp, uh, but I think just a a little bit harsher. I, I generally pretty well hate superhero movies. Uh, I feel like they've done me dirty too many times. I yeah. went in with high expectations <laughs> and and walked out of the theater just upset. Which I mean, is funny because when they I, shine, they shine. Though we you know sure. what I mean? talked about this off uh, off show a bit, but I I went back and I reviewed like the thirty five Marvel movies, and I kind of looked back and was like, all right, which ones are actually great? And I I think I named like five, three, or four. Yeah, it There's wasn't three. very many, but I was just like, yeah, there's like five that are really really good, and the rest are just. Yeah, they're they're great or they're just garbage. Actually, there's not even three. There's one, Iron Man. Yeah, but yeah, oh, wow. Iron, Iron Man, Man one. I would even wow. argue that 
I I liked Iron Man, but I thought man, I thought it really petered out. I thought the first first act was awesome, the second act was good, and the third act was I would yeah. agree. But yeah. you've also not seen a lot of the rest of the films. That's true. I, I have not. I know that is lot. wild. I have seen it's a, a fraction. When I add them up. Yeah, I've seen a fraction of those. So that's that's fair. Yeah. I'll say that the the two uh, sort of franchises that I I latch onto are Batman and Spider Man. Mm. Both of those um, I, I like more of the movies than than I dislike any other character. Not so much. What did you think of the Tobey Maguire trilogy versus the uh, um, Andrew Garfield? No, not Garfield. Tom Holland. Tom Holland trilogy. Um, I thought they were very different. Um, I liked the Tom McGuire trilogy better. Um, I love Kirsten Dunst, Tom McGuire, Sam Raimi, great direction. Alfred <sighs> Alfred Molina. They had sort of a horror movie vibe to them. Very special. Uh, Tom Holland, fun, not not as good. Um, and then the Amazing Spider Verse into the Spider Verse movies, great. So brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Slow burn. Here slow. we go. Super slow. Killing it. First question. Can we slow down a little bit, guys? We're yeah, kind I know. Of this is coming fast. in hot. We're coming in hot. I can't keep up. Okay, so let's just talk opening sequence, guys. We're going to burn this one real slow. I've got like 35 comments about this. <laughs> so the opening sequence, and obviously there's there's kind of a, a little bit of a preamble, what I'm not talking about with the kind of the uh, Blade's mom, you know, comes in and dies and gives birth to him. Um, after she'd been bitten by a vampire. I'm not talking about that. Um, but I am talking about the sort of uh, club rave scene that begins um, first off with uh, Tracy Lords, um, the sort of um, well-known porn star, um, kind of taking this guy to this underground club. And uh, first of all, I just love the vibe of how it starts. It feels... Um, I don't even know what the right adjective is. It just it just feels right. And I feel like right like just when they enter the club, like for example, like the bouncer, right? The bouncer is perfect. He looks exactly like what a vampire bouncer yeah. at the club should look like, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Set the scene perfectly. Everything about that scene was was top notch. And the way they kind of um you know, slightly allude to like something's wrong here, right? He kind of sort of sees that rack of bodies, maybe some sort of thing going on they're at a meat packing plant to begin with it's yeah. weird but it you know it's just i love how it builds and then he get he just starts getting ignored in there yeah and in the way yeah 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 it's like what it's it's really interesting how that how that progresses I like how he's just like questioning it and then he goes the next shiny thing in front of him was that he's like oh look at that and then he's he just, just like he oh just what the fuck party. was that and, and he's he like, just oh, look yeah. at this. i think that guy did a great job yeah, yeah. Way. i think he was great i like how he was wearing the red jacket and everyone else is wearing black right yeah no i didn't see that yeah yeah so you get a glimpse of how shiny it is and then you're like oh man but that body scene that the the rack of bodies was an alternate uh uh, storyline they were going to explore and they cut oh really? interesting yeah. how, how disgusting would, was that scene to, to shoot i mean water scenes we talked about this in, in deep blue sea water scenes are really sure. really expensive and, and and burdensome to shoot blood scenes that's There's, tough what's the best blood scene the shining or blade i mean that you know what? there are some good blood scenes and, and carry here yeah carry yeah um i mean that scene there were so many people just getting covered in this blood it's like what a mess. Yeah. I just started thinking about no it from kidding. a productive, well, from production standpoint. And also, they don't use water and red di- food dye, so they have to use syrup yeah. to make it look like dark on camera. Sticky And matters. so it's going to be sticky. Uh, yeah. yeah. The close-ups, all the medium and the close-up shots were all like a syrup, but what was coming out of the sprinklers, the wide shots, like the super wide shots, were all like a watery red. 
Yeah. So like you could tell that it was like actually water. But I can just you, imagine something being in the background and, and they, they've everyone's like half saturated in blood. And they're like, wait, we got to reshoot, reset. <laughs> Did like, you guys? How notice, do you do that? So when you notice, yeah. like when they actually get into the fight scenes, none of the bad guys have blood all over them, and you're like, why the fuck did that happen? There's an actual like scene where the bad guys are coming in from outside of where the blood was going, and so like you, I was like, why do they all not have blood all over them? Because they were all like they weren't in there. Well, That's speaking why. of someone who doesn't have blood on them, I, I think you're about to get here, Nick, with the introduction of Blade. So I'm going to let you. Uh, I'm assuming you're going to mention that. In this scene, right? How fucking good he looks. <laughs> <laughs> Just like yes, when you first see him snack. on screen, right? Like I don't want to. I'm trying not to take your fire there. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's. Let's I, just talk about it. Yeah, let's do it. Blade introduction on screen. One of the best character introductions of all time. Oh, yeah. absolutely. He's in the top a, down harsh lighting. He's he's jet black. Not a drop of blood on him. It's a showstopper. Whew. It is. Yeah. It is an Sexy. absolute show iconic. But I think, but we're we are jumping ahead a little bit. Okay. Uh, but sorry. no. But you're. But no. You're. You're absolutely spot on with that. Um, the okay. So so one thing that is obviously so critically important to the scene and really makes the scene is the music, right? The um, confusion, uh, the reconstruction mix by Pump Panel, which uses the sample um, from the um, the New Order track, Confusion. Um, it just beyond perfect. That sort of like that acid three hundred three baseline, um, you know, with that that new order sample. It's just you can just listen to that for hours. Um, and that it just it just feels so right. The music I'm, is so good. Yeah, I'm and, playing it in my head right now. It's just oh, you I'm, can't you can't even turn it off. It's it's just yeah. it's just it's beautiful. And I and I actually so I was watching a um a YouTube video, um that was just kind of the you know the opening sequence. And there was a there was a, a um something a, a comment near the top that I'm I'm gonna read. That I just thought it summed up nicely what makes part of what makes the music so good in this scene. So, um, the nuanced part that you are all missing about why the scene is so good is that the music being played in the blade opening is being heard by you and the people in the movie simultaneously and seamlessly. So you diegetic, have, exactly. So diegetic, right? So you have been fully immersed into the scene with the crowd. You're sharing the same rhythm. It feels like you are in the club, feeling the same beat in real time. You are with them. So, and I think that is absolutely spot on. That is part of what really makes this scene rise and become special. Is it you? You I, you are immersed in this club. The way and just the way the music is mixed and the way that the um, the sound the, the the natural sound in the scene is sort of muted in the sort of this the sort of the fury of this you know this raging techno track, which is how it would be if you were actually there. You you, know, you can't hear anything in a club. You know, right, you exactly. Scream at the top of your lungs for the next person next to you to hear you. Yeah, it feels just so spot on to me. In so many, they couldn't have picked a better track. Period. Yeah, it's incredible. Did you guys notice the music? I know Brian follows the music in this, but did you notice that they bookended the movie with techno? And the inside of the film was mostly orchestral. Like it was softer. Mostly, there yeah, was some mostly. more techno shit. There was a the, little bit, middle, but most but yeah. of it was much softer. And then the best part was they dropped the beat when he throws his, like he was fighting the boss at the end and his glasses fly in the air and he grabs them and that's when the beat drops. Mm-hmm. Anybody, like I thought it was so good that they started with techno, went a lot softer and they focused on the fight scenes and then at the end they did the mic. Totally. Like the beat drop was right Yeah, they had the already set you up for oh, like when so the techno good. is playing, yeah. Blade is about to absolutely wreck some motherfuckers. Absolutely destroy him. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, another thing in this scene, I already touched on this a little bit, but the guy, the goober that's Tracy Lord's girlfriend, right? The way that you kind of take this journey with him of figuring out slowly that there's something wrong, like there's something 
very wrong in the scene. I love how that progresses. And I think the first time you see this movie, um, it's just kind of, it's a special little progression you take with this guy of Mm -hmm. just seeing like, okay, this is a club. Seems like, you know, it's this cool hot chick and people are dancing and okay, there's a, maybe a body or something weird. I don't know. But then now people are pushing me around and then, you know, they're in, and then, you know, and I obviously culminates with just blood spraying everywhere, Mm -hmm. you know, all over the, the whole crowd in which he does a you know, a total freak out as any rational human being would. Um, so I just thought that was a, just a brilliant progression. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm with you guys. Name a better kind of in the club scene in, in film in any movie. Can, can you name one? Whoa. I mean, <laughs> I, do you, do you remember when do you, have you seen Rockstar? I have. You remember in the theater. Do you remember, uh, <laughs> when, the, when they're in that kind of club and like Jennifer Anson and that like she, she, she dude like make out. In that club, that's yeah, kind of. That's a pretty good one. Okay, that's I, thought, okay. I thought for sure you were gonna say the Matrix. <laughs> no, no. I, where he follows yeah, the White follow Rabbit. The rabbit. No, that was no, an absolute you, softball, Brian. I, yeah. no, you, you guys, I've hit my quota. Yeah. I, was, I guess that's fair. That's I was gonna fair. hand this. I one. played the sound effect before yeah. you even said. I was gonna as soon as I heard it. I was gonna tee up the the techno. I'm sorry, but I'd rather see Jennifer Aniston make out with that other chick, you know, in a club than see Trinity and Neo talk close close talk. All right, you're in the Rob Zombie. Got it. Sorry. Chris, any in the club scene for you? It's got to be this movie. I can't think of another single movie other than maybe The Matrix, but that was just that wasn't as badass as this. Nothing touches it. Yeah, I don't think that these are necessarily better, but I've got a couple that I I, I think are very good. There's a lot out there. I mean, there's oh, so many, many, many. Um, one Night at the Roxbury, I, obviously, that's the other one that came to my mind would be you know has a great club scene at the end. Um, classic, classic film, and we may talk about that film someday. It doesn't. It's not a good we film. Might. <laughs> we might. We actually. might. Actually, it fits our criteria. Not a, not a I hear it, it fits, fits our criteria. Put it on the short time. list. So it what about, may what about be. Go? Have you seen the rave? List. The rave club scene in Go. Oh yes, absolutely. That's yep, that's a good one. Um, here's just a couple more for you. So um, one I, I think is a little bit underrated is uh, Collateral. Did you guys see Collateral with uh, Tom Cruise? I need to rewatch that. Um, great movie. Yeah, it's a Michael Mann. Kind of, kind of, yeah, Michael Mann. Yep. Uh, kind of um, probably kind of like start of the third act um, when he kind of goes into it's like that Asian club and he just absolutely just beats everyone's ass and he just kind of the way I will say the way Tom Cruise kind of handles a gun in that movie and kind of yeah. just handles himself, it's very impressive. Like he, that that was kind of, to me, that's where he like really evolved into the, you know, top AAA peak action star that he, I guess, still is today. He's great in that, in that film. And, and I think that's a better club scene <clears throat> and another, another really good club scene, but it's, it's sort of two different scenes combined. It's actually three combined is uh, mission impossible fallout. When the halo jumped oh, over sure. that, that club yeah. in Paris. Now the yeah. best part of that scene is the bathroom fight. Yeah, and the second yep. best by a, by a close margin is with Vanessa Kirby in that like bar within the bar, that cl- club within the club. You know, yeah. And he's like he's like saves. There's all the shooting and stuff. But you know, so I guess it's a club scene, but not a lot happens like in the actual like rave part of the club. I actually immediately so. thought of that, but I didn't think it was a club scene because he just walks through the club and then it was the bathroom scene. That's the hard part. Yeah. I almost picked yeah. that, but but that's then there's the club part at the end. But then it's more of a bar. So yeah, I guess yeah. I, I guess you're right. I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna throw. Sorry, Ben. Go John Wick two or yeah. three? No, it's John Wick two. Two. Yeah. yeah. John Wick two. That's another good one. That's yep. great. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna throw just one more out there. A, a brief one, but just one of my very favorites. The uh, OG Terminator, the Technoir. Oh yeah. Oh shoot. Yeah. yeah. That's where yeah. she's sitting at the the table, and here he comes, and it's like he's gonna kill her, and then mm-hmm. um, you know the way he's just stalking her in that bar. It's yeah. freaky. It's it's, it's a great scene. 
Um, but none of the ones we just mentioned have a sprinkler system of full of blood. Correct. Correct. I think the bl- blade rinse supreme. The amount of rigging you would have to do to just spray a club full of yeah. blood. Yeah, yeah crazy. if you miss the scene or you had to reset, like reset, that would yeah, be a that's, nightmare. It's a, it's a nightmare. Well, I'm just thinking from a vampire perspective. Oh, right. There's a lot of blood. That, I mean, you know, if lot. there are any yeah. vampires out there, real vampires, please send us a comment. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know how much that actually happens in vampire clubs. So we, gosh, guys, we're burning it slow here. We're still talking about this opener. I've got a few more things to go. <laughs> the The sound design in this scene is so good. The vampire growls, right? The punches oh, yeah. and the kicks. They looked nasty. I remember. That I, scene. I, I, that was burned in my memory. Yeah. yeah 25 years ago. Totally. And the, and the way the music just kind of, you don't even notice it, but it sort of seamlessly just dips in and out, kind of necessary to kind of play with the sound effects. It's, you know, it's hot really take, great. Hot take. The Lord of the Rings prequel where the orcs, where they're at that the battle and the orcs are like, you see the orcs for the first time, they're like roaring. Mm. Very similar. You watch those two scenes back sure. to back with this. Very similar. I think, I think Peter Jackson was a Blade fan. I, well, I can Ooh, totally yeah. see that because that like I his kind it, of movie. Yeah, look at the only one character, the two characters that were like growling the most. They had both over and under like bite teeth, like the teeth, like that show that they were this monstrous kind of figure. So good. Yep. And I and I think just in general, I will say I think the sound design and the music in this movie was just all around excellent. Even from the very opening, kind of the thunderstorm and the swelling strings. Um, and you kind of get to this really intense moment with this you know, pregnant woman that's like in pain. And it's very intense. And it's like, I, I don't know, the whole throughout the film, I think the sound design is, is excellent. Outside of the... Oh, no, Grizz, you said you couldn't hear it. Yeah, that's, well, the dialogue. I had a hard time. The, the action scenes were loud, but the dialogues were quiet when I watched this on a couple different TVs. So it's tough. But I got to say on the, uh, the sound, like the soundtrack, or, or what did you just say? That's more of a sound mixing thing. The sound mixing thing. You're, yeah. He's talking about yeah. sound design. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, okay, here's just an, another observation that I just want to say about this scene. So, so Blade's rep in the vampire community, guys, it's it's serious. I mean, this guy just walks into a room and the DJ just cuts the music off and everyone just turns around and looks at this guy. And they're all I whispering mean, it's Blade. And they're all just whispering. Yeah. I mean, this first scene establishes the vampire community's He's stance on Blade. Yes. Quite prominently There's and quickly. A, this, scene, this first scene does a lot. Now, if it Batman does. ran into a room full of vigilant, like a bunch of like bad guys, do you think they would react the same way? Yeah, remember Bat? Remember the Batman twenty twenty two Matt Reeves? Remember the whole entire beginning of that that movie? There's like voiceover narration. That one came and, out a year ago, two years ago. Yeah, and, and they're like they're like you know they they think I'm I'm I am the shadow yeah. you know and it's I feel like, like he fi- you finally see him yes. walk out and they're like oh shit Vengeance, that yeah. is it that is a blade scene that was 100% yeah, a blade yeah, scene yeah. but before that like can you imagine like before that scene that batman would have the same gravitas that blade does when he walks into that room I, I, oh that's yeah. tough i yeah. think so <laughs> i think i think batman and blade are very similar that's yeah. why they were both my number 1 seeds for antihero yeah okay so i've i've only got just one more slow burn observation here about this brilliant opening sequence that I've seen dozens and dozens of times, um, which I will say is weirdly not, you got to kind of watch it in two pieces on YouTube, which is really annoying. You got to watch like the setup and then maybe there's some lesser viewed video that's mm. better. But anyway, that was annoying me when I was preparing for this. But anyway, I kind of already mentioned how the action in this movie is pretty short and sweet. Um, and this scene, really the action doesn't drag on for very long. I mean, it's only a couple of minutes that he's actually fighting people, but I, I want to say, you know, two quick things about that action. And that's that, First of all, the way the vampires kind of disintegrate when they're killed looks Satisfying. really it looks really cool. And, and even at twenty five more than twenty five years ago, you know, the the 
the the CG on that, and it still looks pretty good, and it's fun. Um, and very specifically, my the most satisfying kill in the entire scene. Do you guys have thoughts on that? Is there one kill in that scene that sticks out to you all as as the most satisfying or best? Just the opening scene. Just the opening scene. I you know I can't narrow. I can't. I have not. I have not obsessed over that scene. I guess like you have. I can't. I don't know what beat for beat. I don't remember all the kills. They were all satisfying to me, but which one for you? Well, to, for me, the way he kind of spins around and like nails this guy to the ceiling with a spike. Oh, yeah, good. I was about Every to say time the exact does, same and you, one. And you yeah. know what's hilarious? It makes zero sense because like how high the ceiling yeah. is, <laughs> like he would never, unless he like jumped up as he was doing it, which he does not. And pauses like Mario as he... Bur- <laughs> yeah, it would. It'd have to be like a Mario move. That's but, a really satisfying one. And I'll tell you what it reminds me of. It reminds me of Braveheart. When he first goes to attack that first village for the, uh, the <laughs> with the guy who kills his wife, and he like hits that dude over the head with the, the mace, and then he like falls off his horse and he turns around and he has this antler in his hand and he like uppercuts the dude yes, yes. with the antler yeah, yeah. and yes. kills him and it was a very similar like move and there's something about that the uppercut. That's yeah, like the uppercut is very satisfying. Kill. Absolutely, absolutely. It's because we all grew up with uh, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Well, and Street Fighter. Yeah, and Street, Street Fighter, Fighter too. Yeah. yeah, Dragon Punch. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. But Nick was offended that you that you selected Mortal Kombat. I, I was a little bit. <laughs> then. Sorry. sorry, I was a, a little sorry. bit. Yeah. yeah. I just played Anyways. arcades. I didn't. Right? Yeah. Oh, you can. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, okay, guys, have anything else to say about that opening scene? I except the rose was fucking awesome. I loved the 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 exposure, the lighting. It was almost like it was a. You, so you were talking about the frames per second this movie was shot mm-hmm. in. I felt like that was shot in like a forty eight or, or or higher frames per second. I don't know that, but it just seemed like it. I don't know if it's because the strobing lights and the yeah. and the sort of saturation of the red the and the music, way that they the moved, speed of which just, yeah. it, it had a very like it holds up and it yeah. it just had a very stark, sharp, contrasty sort of like just sleek like look to it. And I I just I just, I mean like that. That scene, the look of that scene and the sound design of that scene alone, like brought my score up five points, probably. Yeah. The, the only thing I ever saw was they shot this in 24 outside of the super sped up uh, time lapses and the slow mo shot they did in the park with the bullet oh. scene. Um, and then they, they uh, multiple accounts were talking about how he fought in that speed for real. Like he was throwing those punches quickly and they were like, People filming were like, "What the fuck? This guy well, is." Yeah, it must have been all production design that fooled me because I would have thought yeah. it was it was shot at a higher frame rate. It just it looked great. And I have to right after that blood scene. Do you guys remember this? And I think it it kind of plays through the whole film as like a theme, or like a little visual theme. But the I followed the comics. I had these comics, and I had a lot of them because Blade combo fought a lot of different heroes over the years in the comics before this movie came out. And then typically after the movie comes out, the comics become what the movie was. So they sure. take what the movie is and then ride with it. So before this, uh, or right after the scene, he did you guys catch him hop out of the uh, little tiny window? Yeah, Full yeah, body, yeah, yeah. he hops out of the window. And I thought it was the funniest thing in the world, but it was followed with the most iconic looking comic book like my favorite thing is when they do cut scenes or quick little scenes where they look like they are straight out of this the full spread in the middle of the comic book and it was just him walking down the alleyway you got like a oldsmobile cutlass to the right you have trash com- like trash cans to the left and you have like blowing trash and it's all lit by one moonlight and it's all like this black and blue scene and he's just walking down the middle perfectly silhouetted and you see his cape kind of flowing and like the trash is moving, it was like the most beautiful scene. It's like the director gave like that comic 
yeah. strip uh, sell yep. to the DP. Yes. And he, they said, I want this on film. And they did this at least three or four times in this movie where they did a quick little scene like that and they were just like perfect art house and it felt like Snyder does that same thing but a lot more. Like almost all his movies are it's just It's the only thing scenes. Snyder yeah. does. They're all just classic, just huge scenes. But All right, all right. This is Critical Mess. We are talking about Blade. We are sponsored by Old Elk Infinity Blend. <laughs> Damn it, it's good. Damn it. It's so good. I thought you weren't going to cuss when you did their... Ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll still mark this as the not profanity. Yeah, appreciate that, Chris. What right, profanity? We're, we're slow burning. We're slow burning. So, all right, I want to bring up Blade's car. Are we past what? the first scene yet? Yes. Oh, wait. Sweet. Yes, we are. We're, we're moving, moving on. on. We're moving on to Blade's car. Scene number two. Scene two, Blade's car. <laughs> 68 Charger RT. Uh, and it just sounds like butter. I love everything about Blade's car. It's you guys have thoughts? Car. I feel like you have Blade's car. Yeah, you kind of have a yeah. similar... It's not yeah. nearly as cool as Blade's car, but it's got a similar vibe. It's got the yeah. same feel. It's right. got a similar vibe. vibe. Now, in the same vein, favorite classic car? Doesn't have to be a muscle car. Anything? Dream car. 68 Ford Mustang Fastback. Yeah, I mean, yeah. 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 Oh, 68? Yeah. Oh, mine's 67 Mustang. Yeah, it's for sure. Very close. Yeah. It's always been my dream car. I like the. They didn't make Teslas back in the seventies. I like the Rolls Royce Phantom in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade that the Emperor gets. No, that's a good that answer. The, that the good Nazis answer. had. No, is that, is that a classic car? Yeah. No, yeah, I'm, that, that, that's a wild. It's more classic. Okay. I like that car. I love those early seventies Cudas, those Barracudas. My goodness, those Great. are beautiful cars. Okay, next next slow burn topic. Would a movie these days ever have a character named Karen? That no. that name comes with so much baggage now. No chance. No Karens. No, no more Karens. No more Karens. Poor Karen. Um, okay, the cadaver scene with with Quinn when he's all burnt to a crisp. I thought that was a great scene. I thought that Brilliant. had great tension. Um, I, everything about it was perfect to me. Yeah. You guys have thoughts on that scene? I just think her ex-boyfriend, you said the word goober before. Mm-hmm. What a goober he was. He was a goober. He was great, too. He Yeah, he was like, I, I was like, who is this, like... Noah Wiley mixed with Breck and Meyer mixed with Michael J. Fox like schmuck. It's oddly specific. We're yes. talking about the burnt character, correct? Those names just came to my mind. No, no, no. no I'm no, talking, we're talking about, about her boy, not her the boyfriend, but we were yeah. talking about the scene. Where well, but that is it. Are, aren't we on the same scene? She's. They're both in the scene. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes, yes. Also, that scene ends with Blade getting shot at by the cops and spinning around and saying, "Motherfucker, are you out of your damn mind?" <laughs> That's a great. <laughs> it's a one great of the line. best lines. Yeah, yeah. That is a great line. And Brian, you brought this up earlier, and I said we, I promised we would get to it in slow burn. Oh, man. I love how the police are just blasting at Blade while he's holding what appears to be a hostage. These trigger <laughs> heavy <laughs> cops. And especially the guy with the backwards hat and the assault rifle. Every 90s film with police gunfights needs the man with the assault rifle and the backwards you hat. You know what? He, the only thing he didn't have is a toothpick, like Polaro. Uh, right. He needed the toothpick. We've brought yes. this up before. He needed right. a toothpick. Right. Yeah, or those cops just opened up fire on this mystery person. Who was carrying an innocent hostage? They're all just trying to kill the kill it, kill them all. And they were everybody. they were just blasting, just bla- oh, yeah. <laughs> they were just blasting. Even had the guy with like the like the, uh, the 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 sight, and he's like just like like zoomed. Uh, he's opping this. These, the nineties were a different time, guys. <laughs> what if what if they were um, familiars? Ooh, mm. because later in the film, the familiar is a cop. 
Hot take. Yeah, that's a hot take. There you mm. go. I don't know. But they, all they, were, of them, they, they do. They do say several times they they have the police. They, were, you behavior, yeah. they were behaving like yeah. familiars. And yeah. you're yeah. right. They own the police. Ben, yeah. you that's cracked a, the case. Great, great point, Ben. Maybe. I like that. We retract Maybe. our slow burn. Our but, previous. We got to figure. But all of them are familiars. I don't know. I like yeah. it though. I like it though. It's still a good point. I'm buying that. Seventy three. Yeah. Stop. Stop. All right. Okay. Slow burning. Chris Christopherson is Whistler. A plus. Oh per- yeah. Perfect, perfect side character. Uh, heavy smoking, heavy drinking, cancer addled, unkillable weapons genius. Hundred percent. That is what I want in my side character. It's everything I want. He in was my made side character. to play this character. Did you he guys was. catch little fun fact there as well as when he gets hit by the train or disappears at the train scene, and then he just doesn't come back until later, right? Yeah. Yeah. Blade's like, yeah, Whistler can take care so of himself. So that was supposed to be his death scene, and then he rewrote him back to come into that mid. Oh. Shooting, so. Whistler don't die, bro. Well, I guess not. Whist- Whistler's Whistler. true death scene was way all, more awesome. He can, does than, he come back from the second one? Right? I have not seen the second one. No, he, he dies. He dies in this one, but it's way all, it's way more awesome. He, he doesn't. Oh, he's pulls not that in the second. Shotgun off of that fluorescent yeah. light and, mm-hmm. and it like and like just that was just amazing. Whistler's last stand. Oh man! And then he then he has the dignity to take his own life. I could have swore he was in the second film. He's not. Stop fucking talking about <laughs> the second film. Whistler dies in this film. Okay. All right, doesn't he? Am I wrong? I have no idea. I, you, you I, hear that? You hear him shoot himself as Blade walks away. You don't yeah. see it. though. You don't see it though. So maybe I'm. It says wrong. he's in the movie in maybe Blade I'm Two. Wrong. It says he's in Blade yeah, Two. Yeah, I think he is in Blade Two. Maybe he doesn't yeah. kill himself. It's been a while since I've seen it. Did they bring him back? I guys, it's let's, let's, talk, let's talk about it. Blade. Let's just talk about Blade. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about Blade too. <laughs> no, yeah, he he is. He okay. is. We only talk about other movies when I want to talk about other movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. My yeah. bad. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh yeah, so no. Sorry. Actually, Whistler's in a Blade Two a lot now that I'm thinking about. It. Yeah, he's all over the place. Yeah, he's definitely in Blade Two. All right. Yeah, let's you go can't back. kill him. Yeah, you can't kill him. Let's Brian. go back thirty seconds and live in that time. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, uh, what are we talking about now? So the. We're slow burning. Um, critical mess, slow burning. Uh, the Vampire Business Council, guys. It's just so boss. That I love room. everything about it. Um, that room is amazing. I need a whole film about, about it. Mm. Yes, I want a whole film about the Vampire I Business agree. Council. Udo Kier is the best vampire. I mean, he's amazing. Yes. Um, and yeah, I just, I love that scene. Yeah. Everything about it. Uh, did you guys catch the little set design of the chairs? No. So the, the back of the chairs, because they're old school vampires, and um, uh, Dorf is not. He's new school. So the old school vampires, the chairs are the black, that are, they're outward angled, and then they're curved backwards. So they all look like they're wearing the old school cuffs from the capes of old vampires. Oh, that's cool. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's fun. Great what a design. nice touch. Yeah. What a nice touch. See, this is why we need a Grizz's Corner, because yeah. we're there now. I'm throwing it in there every so often. I like you know? Mm-hmm. I love how <laughs> when he wipes the blood, he feels <laughs> for some reason euphoria. <laughs> it's it's like I'm a sassy bitch. Yeah, <laughs> that's totally. what I think. Totally. So we're He's talking. Like, we're talking about the scene at the end where Stephen <laughs> Dorff, the big drop dropule of blood, lands on Stephen Dorff's forehead, and he like wipes it down, and he's like, he's like. Oh, no, he doesn't yeah. wipe it down. He wipes it up into his hair and <laughs> yeah. slicks it back. Oh, so good. Anyway, that's the context. Well, speaking yeah. of Mr. Dorf, rate his performance in this 10 film. out of 10. Wow. Wow. I go 8 he, out of 10. He it's is strong. who I remember. He's better than Whistler. He's yeah. better than Blade. He's better than anyone else in this movie. This is who he was born to play, if nothing else. I, I Stephen mean, Dorf was born to play this. Is he in any I, other I, movies? 
<laughs> I wouldn't know. He, no, honestly, no, he, I wouldn't know. He is he, in he, plenty of movies. He was in blue, the blue uh, cigarettes. Bro, are you telling me you haven't seen Deuces Wild? Nope. You haven't seen Deuces Wild? Nada. <laughs> okay. 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 Tell me you haven't seen. Movie. You haven't told me you haven't seen Fear dot com, bro. Nada. Nope. <laughs> okay. Fear.com. All right. Like I said, I think this is his anyway, only. He's film. been in some movies, bro. He's, he's only been in one. It was this one, eight out of ten. Who Maybe else? Nine out of 10. Who else do you even cast? Like he played it perfect. That's such a a smug. And the way he says "fucking," he's never said a G at the end of the word "fucking." Mm. It's just "fucking." Like yeah. he's he's a great cursor. Mm-hmm. He was born for this role. He was born I mean, for the role. I, I agree. He absolutely killed it. I'm. I, I mean, I guess I'm gonna give him a nine. I mean, I. Yeah. I mean, I should give him a ten. I guess he's what I remember for the movie. Yeah, he's really really good. years on. He is. He's what I remember. And he's very nuanced. Yeah. He's an interesting, and we're gonna actually we're gonna talk about that a little bit more, but. Um. Okay. Uh, oh, one other Whistler thing I wanted to touch on. <clears throat> the way he just, when he's filling up the car, when he's filling up Blade's badass charger, um, and he just dumps gas all over the car while he's filling it up, and then just <laughs> lights up a dart, you know, yeah. like right, right <laughs> away, he's just spilling gas everywhere. Like, Whoa. like I never noticed that <laughs> until this last few notice days. It. I didn't I even notice. see it. He just, I mean, he's dumping gas all over the car all and just it. literally yeah. lights a cigarette. Yeah. He's he just got a death wish. Immediately, I love it. It's just so cool. I'm dying of cancer. I don't care. He doesn't give a fuck. Okay. Um, so we were talking about the cops a little bit. How about the scene where Blade is just smacking around that feckless cop in uh, Karen's apartment? Yeah, dude. He was, that was I bitch. love that scene. You guys let me to note. The, fam- the familiar? Has anyone ever gotten beat up more in a single movie than that guy? Oh, that poor mm-hmm. bastard. Yeah. So Has anyone ever is- gotten punched in the face more times in one movie than the that The best guy? part is Blade is just throwing him around this apartment yeah. and the girl at one point is just like that's my table that's my wall that's oh my- <laughs> i had another point <laughs> yeah blade's just completely destroying karen's apartment yeah. right in front of her just yeah. destroying it yeah anyway <laughs> I, I, I i challenge i challenge you to, to to show me somebody else who just it's not even a, not even a two-sided fight just the somebody that guard for human gets life their ass bullied Start to finish. And he's bullied. Film. I think that's a good way Makeup to put it. Makeup is always putting cuts on him because he's literally been bullied in whatever scene he's in all the time. Okay, slow burn. So we skipped an earlier segment, right? We skipped Flip the Script, which wasn't was egregious here. We apologize. But we also thank our sponsor, Old Elk. Nice. <laughs> and um, so I want to do a very quick flipping here. And if you guys want to um, pile on here, please do. But I, obviously, I rated this movie super high. So I'm just going to say a couple of very quick things that were part of my slow burn here. I hate when movies say, forget about what you've seen in the movies. I hate I hate mm-hmm. when movies do that. And Blade does that when telling um, Karen like what w- works and what doesn't work on vampires. And then yeah. all the things he says works are things that you've seen in the movies. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, garlic? It's, it's, yeah. Like, not crucifixes, yeah. but garlic. Yeah, garlic was a big one. Also, also, he gives her that spray, and like it, she just goes, and it just destroys the vampire. Why doesn't he they, just they do that? Their head explodes. Right. Why doesn't yeah. he just do that? Why is he, he wasting... Bottle? Like, yeah. Just, yeah, like, yeah. It's just not nearly as get fun. A, get a super soaker and just like... <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that would have been sick I mean, for the 90s. mean, it's a terrible point. Um, okay. Um, and the other thing that I thought was, you know, I did think the end was a, a little bit maybe too tidy. Now, I'm not talking about kind of the epilogue in in um in Russia. That part mm-hmm. was awesome. That oh was yeah, great. I love that. that. Was really nice. Absolutely loved that. I loved that they put that at the end of the movie. But kind of the end when they're standing on top of the building and, and Grizz, you alluded to this earlier and I said we were going to get to this in slow burn, but um there was an alternate ending shot for this movie yep. where they get to the top to the roof there 
And, um, you know, they still kind of have their same Karen and Blade have their back and forth. But then he kind of looks across the way and Morbius is standing yeah. on top of a, another building across the way, kind of giving a menacing look to to Blade. Yeah. So anyway, obviously, they didn't include that. In the, and I actually think that would have been better. And they kept um, the name Morbius out. It was just a people were supposed to assume that that was Morbius, I guess. So I guess. Yeah. 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 Anyway, are we going to talk about the other alternate ending, the CG fest that they tried to do? Or actually shot. I think it's on YouTube. I'm not sure I've seen that. What is this? Uh, so Dorf was supposed to morph into this massive blob oh, of yes, blood yes. and I tornado. Did. I didn't know they shot it. So they, I don't they, know. They actually see the effects and you like the. I think they were maybe early effects. I don't think they were fully fleshed out. But they said it was it was too confusing. And Blade is the character. It was too difficult to watch him fight a giant blob. So they decided to do man to man combat. Gotcha. So yeah, respect to them. Yeah, respect. Keep flipping, Nick, because I got some flips. To, I'm done. To flip. All right. Uh, so here's the reasons that I took my score down. To, um, you know, I didn't take it down, but these these are some pretty egregious things with this movie. Um, the action, um, unrealistic behavior, lazy writing sprinkled throughout. And here's an example. There's a girl behind Blade uh, in the opening scene, um, the opening like a blood rave. Um, he's turned around and she stops and gets his attention and yells, "Hey, I'm gonna rip your fucking head off." And waits for him to turn around and kill her. <laughs> like, why? Why? That's 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 stupid. Nobody would do that. It, it kind of it's kind of in this in the ballpark of the wait your turn to fight the guy. There's just this whole line of people who are wielding their swords and they're waiting. All right, you know now it's my turn to go against Blade. Now it's my turn to go against Blade. And it's kind of that same thing. Like he's fighting somebody else and somebody comes up behind sure. him. Hey, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I had a problem with that. Um, uh, we already talked talked about the hospital. Um, oh no, actually, there's there's the guy. You guys notice that the cops, not the not the guys who shoot on the rooftop, but there's cops before that in the hospital. They just run in, they yell freeze, they empty their clips with no hesitation, and immediately <laughs> turn around and run away. It's a, it was it took me way out of it uh, mm. on, on this. But I watch. think Ben debunked that. That's familiar. No um, that, activity. The, these guys. So so I'm it's not the fact that they just that they shot at him. It's that they ran in, yelled freeze. Like who yells freeze at the exact same time they're shooting their gun? Like you you're either gonna say freeze and see if the person freezes and then yeah. follow your protocol, or yeah. you're gonna shoot them. You're not gonna do both. Yeah, it's, a bunch of fake cops. Yeah, well. They 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 it, it, watch that scene again and it's kind of You're probably funny. right. Um yeah. let's see, I talked about the entire squad of cops that shot at him, but Ben debunked that, and that's why I went from a seventy two to a seventy three. Um, how did the translation of the ancient text generate a 3D CAD model of a building? You guys remember that? Classic 90s. His little computer's like running and it's like translating and all of a sudden he's got this like super in-depth like 3D CAD model that he can like see this. Like what made that? It, it just was there. Well, like, they had the temple as an example of, he just didn't know what the temple was for. So no, he no, used that, like, the it, script to, to translate what the temple was for figured it out then used the temple to make a 3D rendering of like how this would actually go down. But he like what do you have like some kind of like rudimentary like photoshop like thing that made like I that said, it, it was classic like, 90s technology. Yeah. Computers. Um and then yeah, so and then the other one I had was the fight sequences were uninspired, you know. I, I guess I'm I'm sort of I don't know, spoiled by John Wick, but so I guess my my thing was kind of like some of that lazy writing with the action and and that's that's it. That's that's my flipping. What else you got, Grace? I flipped. I don't have a whole lot. I mean, the CG was rough in a lot of spots, but then you have like CG spots like this that looked really nice, and then they were, you know, it's just tough to like watch. Like what? Tell, tell the, so the, the audience what you're when seeing. So the Dorf is exploding from the uh, the final scene where he's injected with the venom to his head, 
and he he blows up to this big balloon fat skin blob but it looked great it had texture it had everything that you would need and then he blows up and it looks a little campy um so the cg was rough but it was also like a weird 50 50 like i said earlier like 50 percent of the time the cg looked great it was done in darker lit areas it looked dramatic uh and then the other half it was just way too shiny and you know glossy here's what i'll say about cg they did the best they could with what they had. Absolutely, as long as ninety-eight, as long as it's creative. Yeah, and I think the CG it was in this, very the, creative. The, the CG yeah. in this movie is very creative, and that's yeah. and I'm not going to dock it for the fact that they only had 25 years ago computers to make it. So. Yeah, and knowing that I rated this 78, I the hard part for me was the tone. Weirdly, the visual tone was brilliant. It looked beautiful. It was really well done. The and then the discussions and stuff like that. His one-liners took me out of it every so often. That were tough. And then just how campy it was here and there with like how he fought or how he did things or how he chose to kill somebody. It just felt really weird. Like they could have just continued to go with that dark brooding area and gone one tone. Um, and this would have been, I think, a nine out of 10 plus for me if it would have gone that direction. But especially it's already rated R. You might as well go, go hard. Don't make it goofball, you know? Here's a slow burn. Why don't all the vampires just wear sunblock? And live normal lives. Didn't you see him smather himself with that zinc during the sun scene? Did you say smather? Yeah, or smother himself, smother himself with the zinc. I think, well, like, I think a slather. Slather. Slather, was slather smother? <laughs> Sm- slather. Thank you, you old elk. Thank you, old elk. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate it. I don't okay, know, where do we they, go from here? Why don't they do that more? <laughs> why don't they do the, the sunscreen? I just thought it was funny that they didn't have their visors down when the sun was coming up. They were like, well, they had, they had the zinc like, on. They had the sunscreen yeah, on. They, yeah, that was interesting. Then why put the visor down? I know, right? Oh, and then yeah, later when he's yeah. in the park and the sun's just shining right on his face in broad daylight, yeah, he's fine. Yeah, none of that makes sense. Yeah. Guys, everybody, everybody calm down. Just calm down. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. If you guys were vampires, would you go to Steven Dorff's parties? Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. I bet they were the... Totally. The best parties. Cool. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Me too. I think we... Dare I say, could have seen a little more skin in this movie. I don't know. You know, Brian always looking for more skin. S- sorry, not sorry. This guy, Yolo. Okay, we we've touched on this a little bit, but I think I got especially this is for you, Grizz. I love the sort of the, the just the vampire aesthetic in this movie. How everything is so clean and stark and minimal and white and pale colored and 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 it's just so good. Like I I I I love how everything is just so. I don't. I don't know. Those are the adjectives. Minimal, you know, and, and clean. Yeah. I, I, what's funny is they they showed that the whole film had that weird, that blue like blue tint. It was blacks, blues, and pure whites. Like it mm-hmm. was just super clean the whole movie. And red. And yeah. Red, and then the spots of red. Yeah. The drops of red were just perfect. It, it felt like a comic book. Uh, the thing that also I have to note is just the differences because it all looked the same, but the differences in character of the old school vampires versus new, I already talked about that, but Dorf, like he had the same white, crisp, clean look, but he had the button undone. He had the shirt that looked disheveled. Like it wasn't, it was like the cuffs were open versus the old school vampires. They were all the way buttoned up. They had suit jackets, yeah, they right. had suit tie, yeah, everything. Very intentional costumes. Yeah, it was design. really, I love the costume design. Um, remember when Blade slams Quinn's head against the speeding subway train and it tears half his face off? Totally. What do we think the passengers on the train thought when they saw it from the inside? They were cardboard. Did you see them? They were cardboard cutouts. You're missing the whole point. I know. They weren't real people, Brian. I, you've, you've completely... <laughs> my answer, Brian, is 
My answer is, oh, Blade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not again. That's the perfect I mean, answer. Let's, let's look at any time Blade goes out in public. If you saw somebody in a full-blown black trench coat with a blacked out, you know, I'd armor like, oh, there's underneath. Ba- there's Blade. <laughs> there's yeah. Blade. Yeah. There he is. <laughs> so how about that gigantic fat vampire Pearl? Oh, man. I love that scene. That was great. I love that. Mm. I love how uncomfortable and sort of morbid that scene was. It was disgusting and uncomfortable, and I really credit the movie for having that in there. It's very creative. Did you guys notice that he lived in a refrigerator in the back of the building? Like the ice box, like when oh, he yeah, went yeah, the building, yeah, yeah. he lived yeah. in the ice box. Yeah, so he's yeah. So we, let's let's just you know, Pearl is in the Vampire Archives, mm-hmm. which is behind an unlocked, just <laughs> yeah. refrigerator door. Yeah, I know. It's. I yeah. feel like there might might have been a, at least a four digit pin on that door, <laughs> but you know, regardless, <laughs> you know, we're down here in the in the, the archives. Yeah, Pearl was, and boy, how disgusting was it when that UV flashlight was getting oh, shined it was on? So Pearl. good, I love yeah. that. Can you and imagine really, the smell of that room. Oh man, and I, and I thought. I said this a little bit earlier, but I thought that scene really developed Karen's character. It, like, I, I agree. I totally agree. She's because kind of Blade comes out. He's like, "What the hell did you yeah, do?" She's like, "This dude." She's like, "He moved," you know. Yeah. And I agree. I love that. I love everything about that situation. That whole that whole scene. It's world building. It adds so much without. Well, it does a lot, but it doesn't have to say a lot. Um, it just it's like it's like who is this person? And I love that it's practical. It uh, reminded a me a lot of like John Carpenter's work. It was very sure. body yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. I think like so. Yeah, kind of like right. very realistic horror movie yeah. looking. Yeah. Agreed. Um, okay, it's 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 very silly, but the way that Whistler just busts into the archives, you know, we're kind of talking about that scene. To, he blows the to, blows out that wall. Yeah, wall. he blows out the wall to kind of save Blade and just kind of just just sprays everyone down with that machine gun. Yeah, it, it's 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 so so, but I it's so satisfying. Yeah, it's very also, satisfying. I have no problems with that. I love every. I, every I really don't hear that. And and also there's a little funny aside in that scene. Blade is just kind of standing next to um, uh, Stephen Dorff's girlfriend, and he just punches her in the face for like no reason. <laughs> He's like he doesn't need to at all. Yeah. He just he just punches her in the face and flees. Um, it didn't make a lot of sense, but anyway. Um, okay, I want to talk about uh, Quinn for a second. Um, I, I just thought he was a really great character, and I love how he was just Blade's sort of like whipping boy yeah, Quinn throughout the movie. And mm-hmm. I loved how they, they were kind of a foil, too. He was kind of a foil, like a total kind of opposite of Blade in, in many ways. Um, not stoic, just very irreverent. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly not very strong. Remember when Blade, he, they've got Blade in the archives before Whistler comes in and Blade's up against that column, and Quinn comes up and like, like, gut like hits like like five yeah, yeah, or yeah. six body shots yeah and they sh- they make a very intentional purpose of showing blade's face and he just doesn't even react and i'm like mm-hmm. what a badass that's like that's like fucking um what's rocky four uh when he's when he's trying to hit body shots on dolph lundgren what's his, he's just what's his smiling name? drago drago, drago. Yeah. It dra- he's, it drago's like go ahead hit me like yeah. it, it had vibes of that you totally know? and he's totally and then he then he Cold clocks him in the face, and and Blade just kind of looks to the side and kind of spits a little bit. Of I blood. just throw such I a just, badass. I so, chalk so it up boss. to Blade wanting to have that guy that lives at the end to go tell the story that he's so epic, and that's the guy that he leaves behind to just to smack around a little bit and yeah. say, "All right, you go run away now and go tell everybody about me." So good. Yeah, he's good. Quinn, okay. Quinn's good. Yeah. So this brought this movie up like a solid five points for me. I love how much smoking is in this movie. <laughs> mm. The cigarette cigarette smoking looks so good on screen. It adds something. I don't know. Totally. I'm gonna pick up smoking. Yeah, please. After watching, please this. dude. dude, dude I, yeah. I'm I'm like halfway through Narcos, and I might start smoking <gasps> again. Do you like it? Oh my god, it's great. Yeah, but it's there's so, so much smoking in that movie, in that in that show, and it and a good a good drag. It's just like. Oh yes, yeah. and the best is Whistler <laughs> smoking. And we, when Whistler, he just takes a, a fat rip of that 
that dart, and then he just takes a big pull out of the whiskey bottle before he exhales the oh, smoke from the cigarette. That's awesome. That's what a pro does. Yeah, that's yep. what a pro does. That's the antithesis to uh, in Leave the World Behind when I talked about the girl who stuffs her face with snacks and then chugs that water without swallowing the food. Right, right. Like, the, like here, here's here's the 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 uh, alter, alternate way to do a cool thing of that. But right. take a drag, take a swig, <laughs> like a boss. <laughs> yeah, and then let it out. Let it out. We love you, Whistler. Uh, okay. R.I.P. Whistler. Uh, Kinda? Is he dead? No. Kinda. He's never dead. He doesn't die. Doesn't die. Um, okay. Uh, Udo. Udo. Just the, the sunrise execution. Not bad. Yeah. That looked really good. Not actually. bad. Fun how he explodes. I'm going to say very bold. Yeah, very bold, bold for the for the for the technology they had. At I actually the time. can't tell when I I watched it twice back because I could not tell if it was practical or CG. Oh, it or was like, CG. Well, it looked practical because you could see like the the ripping, and I just don't feel like they had that. I yet. feel like it. I I almost feel like I have no nothing to back this up with, but I almost feel like they did it practically, and then they they did a CG Put version a of the top. practical. Yeah, well, CG mm. computer graphics is they fully create something. So special effects would be they enhance something. So they would do a practical effect and enhance it with special it, effects. Yeah, it, it it looked fully CG, but it also yeah. it, but it also wasn't terrible. Yeah. It gave me vibes of uh, Indiana Jones and the face melting, which was fully practical. Enha- yes, which was fully practical, but with enhancements after it. So I feel like they did some type of stretching pulling of clay, and then they added something on top. Would of you guys it. rather that have been fully practical? Yeah, yeah a lot yeah, of this stuff probably. could have been fully practical. I think. Yeah. Also, when you take a drag. You take a shot, drink a beer, uh, and then blow the smoke out. It's called a strikeout. Ooh, I did not know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah, Grizz, as you're working your way through Seinfeld, there's one of the greatest moments. Kramer, uh, Kramer's smoking a cigarette, and he finishes an entire beer (laughs) while he has the cigarette in his mouth. In the beer, like yeah, it's the cigarette is in the beer. Like I'm, like I'm, I'm jealous that you're going to get to see that for the first time. I'm working through the seasons, guys. I'm working. It's I'm here's to feeling good all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, that's what he says. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so we we alluded to this earlier, and now it's time to talk about it. And that's the kind of the sexual tension I think between Blade and Karen. Um, And I think there's uh, there's not a lot. I think it, there's very little, actually. Very little. Until the end. He's got more of and his I mom love, than he does with the... Well, yeah, that's a little <laughs> odd. That's kind of... Yeah. Um, but I think... But Karen, I like... She's, you know, she's hot, um, you know, but but they can just be friends, you know? They can just be friends. And I think that's good, and co-workers. I like that. And yeah. co-workers, in a right. sense. She's a hematologist. Like, it would be a perfect it's, match yeah, as exactly. friends. Like, right, exactly. They didn't yeah. complicate the story with a love with a love story. They didn't complicate they did not. anything. And I really appreciated that. And I liked, actually, at the very end, then they kind of added this scene where, you know, he has to suck her blood, which is, you know, something that is... You it know, felt I, sexual, but it was it had a purpose. Yeah. Well, it's... It's pretty yeah. sexual. It's, it's pretty sexual. The whole, it's that's the whole thing with vampires. Sexual. Yeah. I mean, the neck, you know? Come on. He finishes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, and it's the only sexual thing that really happens be- between them, which I think makes it a lot more yeah. um, intense. And it, it's very sort of like orgasmic. She's saying, like, don't stop, you know? Yeah. And, and just um, the noises she's making. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. very, it's very intentionally sexual. Yeah. And, sure. and Blade's just primal scream at the end. It's, um, that was good. And then okay. you're ready to go. You're like, oh my God, he's about to go kick some ass. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's powered he's up ready. Now. Blade yeah. is back. <laughs> he is ready. Um, okay. Let's, we're slow burning. We're slow burning. Um, the way Frost, um, a.k.a. Dorf, uh, confronts Blade with that child hostage 
Remember that? You remember that scene? In the park. In the park. Yeah, in the park. I found that to be like weirdly intense. Um, and how, and I really love, we talked about he was kind of a nuanced character, right? And how um, he's calling Blade an animal and a fucking maniac when he's the one with a with child, child yeah. by the throat. Yeah. Like, I, I, I just think that's interesting. That's an interesting character. That was the only scene that felt completely out of the blue. It felt like it had no purpose to the, like, it felt so different than everything well, he's else. He's trying to catch well, it had Blade. To, yeah, it had to set up the final scene. I know, but it also, Blade says, I have a meeting downtown. And that was his meeting? You didn't want to say you're going to go meet the boss of the entire vampire cult? Yeah, I can see that. That was strange, yeah. but Maybe I did think it was very intense. It was awesome. And then you have dot, 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 Matrix, slow bullet. Oh, as, yeah, yeah. He dodges the bullet. Yeah, we do yeah. have a little bullet time. Whatever. It is what it is. Uh, for, some <laughs> reason, for, uh, for some reason on that scene, I don't know why on that scene, but I was thinking about like, I was kind of taken out of the movie, and it's not the movie's fault. I don't know why I was thinking about this, but I was thinking about like, you know, you, your daughter, your your eight year old daughter is cast in this movie, and she's like held by the neck and like like d- abused by like some vampire. Like it's a weird like sh- I don't know. I just started thinking about like shooting scenes of movies and how how strange that would be. And like if I'm Steven Dorf, I've got this little you know it, yeah. like I don't know if I could do that scene. I don't. Think, I don't the know. way it was shot, I don't think he. I don't think she was actually really. I, I know, like I know, that. she wasn't, but like I know, but it's, it's very intense. I get that. And, and, I get that. Dorf, we need you to strangle the small well, child. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's and intense. I've got, a, I've got an eleven-year-old daughter. Clearly, it yeah, shows. yeah. But like, I get it. I don't, and I'm also not an actor, so I don't know how. But I don't yeah. know. I was just thinking about that. And I was like, well, they're they're both they're all playing this scene as well as they should. You know, funny you say that. Intense. Have you seen the latest It movie? The yeah. the yeah. first one. So there's a cut scene where uh, the Skarsgård plays the film and he's playing against one of the children and where he's got to snarl at him and spit at him and make all these noises and the child actor is like he's fully crying and like mm. bawling his eyes out Skarsgård ends the scenes cuts himself out of the character and he goes are you okay and the guy's like and the kid reacts goes that was fucking great great work like the kid cuts out of his own Jeez. character and it's like holy and he's like with Skarsgård was like man that's one of those things where I'm like oh shit these kids are really good nowadays I, I, I guess I just have an appreciation for actors I've taken it for granted yeah. my whole life but like I, even like like a, a scene where like a like, you know, I just mentioned Narcos or scene where like women are abused mm-hmm. and it's just like playing act being an actor and like abusing a woman on screen I know it's it's just acting but I don't know it's just yeah it's, I don't know why I'm starting to think about that I'm getting I'm, I'm getting hard. soft in my old age guys you're old getting soft so we talked a little bit about how um this movie really holds up in terms of, um, you know, it's more than 25 years old and still holds up well. But one of the things that really dates this movie um, is is um, Deacon Frost's, like, videotaped message to Blade. It's got, like, the time code on it and, like, the date on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? It's kind of toward the end of the film. I just thought that was kind of fun. That is, like, an immediate, like, this is a 90s movie. Yeah. 90s, you know, we're yeah. showing, like, a sort of this, like, it cam, was the camcorder computer, effect. The repetitive computer rendering of the uh, the vampire dungeon slash you that's know. always gonna do it if you see it. if you see whatever <laughs> yeah. computer they're using it of the time if it's i always a, think of the movie swordfish as they're doing the hacking oh yeah Holly oh Barry. swordfish yeah. i actually just absolutely love that movie it's so Hugh good. jackman yeah yeah what a great film uh let's talk about the blades sort of mom reveal thing at the end i once again I I'm, I'm not bad i liked it i really liked it too a nice twist and I, if anyone saw that coming you're lying no i, I thought that added to, completely to the movie yeah nobody saw that coming that was a super interesting kind of twist i think they could have even done a little more with it but i thought it was really smart and very unexpected yeah they and, could have explored it a little bit more in the way frost once again develops frost's character 
even more the way he uses Blade's mom to sort of manipulate him. I mean, it just speaks to the whole, like, she, clearly she's happy. She's living her life as this vampire. She didn't die. Like, it's it, it speaks back to the theme yeah. again. Yeah, it does. Know? Yeah, totally. And Dor's totally. character is the one that bit her in the comics as well. I don't know if he mentions it in the movie, but he's the one that turned her. Oh, okay. oh yeah, no, it does mention that in the movie. Yeah. Oh, it does. Okay, yeah, yeah. He, he does say that. Yeah. So this is this is critical mess, sponsored by Old Elk, and we're talking about Blade, and we're slow burning, and um, this is a final sequence. Seriously, a good final sequence. Like I hate the final sequences in superhero movies generally, but this blood chamber night temple thing is cool. Um, it's the type. It's the type of place you want to have a, a kind of a final showdown. Um, and so many times these superhero movies, it's just a good guy and a bad guy just punching each other on top of a tall building. And it's just like, ah. And we didn't get that here. We got a cool set design. Um, and I, I just, I appreciated that. You've not watched a lot of superhero films. I haven't watched that many, but I did watch the first Avengers. They're not on really every top of the building. It seems like they usually are just punching each other. On t- Isn't that what happens yeah. in Iron Man also? I've seen I've seen a, a lot of them, and that's that's 100% of the time what they're doing. Yeah, pretty much. What In whatever multiverse they're in, they're doing that. <laughs> Uh, okay, Karen's ex-boyfriend. I thought he was great, guys. Especially that scene when, you know, in the end of the movie when she gets thrown down in that pit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Karen, do you have second thoughts? I had no uh, clue who the fuck that guy was. You didn't? No oh, clue. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? Who? I was like, oh yeah, okay, the boyfriend from the hospital. Okay, great. But I was just like, why? Why bring him back? It was a back? great callback. Yeah, it was a good callback. Yeah, Strange. in the way I thought he was like kind of screaming after her and it was like, it, 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 it was actually kind of creepy. And I, and I think to that point, right... I, I want to make a quick slow burn point about tone. I think this movie balances tone excellently. There are some legitimately sort of creepy and unsettling parts of this movie, and that is one of them. Um, and it, it's a vampire movie after all, right? It should have those kinds of moments. Um, but it balances those kind of moments really well with like action and dark humor. And for me, tonally, it just feels perfectly in balance. And yeah. that's just me. The, the other Empire movie we've done on Critical Mass did not have this type of a tone. Mm, no. What was that, Greatest Showman? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, okay. It, sorry. The pit is so easy to get out of. She I know. It's a little silly. And he's but like, also, a little silly. sad, I liked you. And then he pushes her in. <laughs> I know. And she just slides down into a six-foot-deep <laughs> six hole. I, no, yeah, she, yeah. I actually, I remember this when I first watched it and like reacting to be like, oh, fuck, that would hurt. Like she first falls down like the ball, like the slide, and she just slams into it. And then she hits the ground and then she hits that round stone-style ball at the end. Yeah. I'm like, dude, that would hurt so bad to hit that. That that's, that hurt. that sandstone ramp she falls down looks just like that level on Goldeneye the Temple of the Moldes. Yes, 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 it does. Yeah, it yeah, does. Yeah. yeah, very good. Um, and and also just while we're on the final scene, I love how bad things get for Blade. Um, it's truly it's a very good all is lost moment, right? As he's getting strapped to that kind of thing where he's getting his blood drained, which Brian you pointed out was ridiculously easy to escape. <laughs> um, but kind of that's happening. His mom, you know, is like trolling him, right? Yeah. We're, and and um and he's like getting drained here and it's like how is this guy gonna get get out of here we know karen's on the loose right but uh, which has a totally different meaning in 2024 but um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot scarier now it's a lot scarier now um but you know she might save him in some way and she does but that all is lost feeling hits with the protagonist at just the right time in this movie for me if you can get to that point in a movie where you where you're where all is lost then kudos as a movie. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, movies often don't get there. Yeah. 
and this one does. And and I, they also the thing I also love about it is right after that moment, kind of to get out of that all is lost moment, right? He, Blade has to do the thing that he sort of fears and reviles the most, yeah. right? He has to feed on human yep. blood. And I think this is what a good movie does. It forces the hero to kind of like do the unthinkable or the thing they were always against in some way in order to be able to succeed. Yeah. And that's what he does here. And I love that. Yeah. Lots of good cursing in this movie. So good. Good F-bombs. And you don't get that in superhero movies very much. A lot Quick. of F-bombs, no Gs at the end. It's good stuff. Mm. Quickly, yeah. I actually down, I bought this on Apple TV. And so I have the 4K version. But did your guys' have in the final scene... When he cuts Dwarf in half and he flies up and his blood body comes back together mm-hmm. and he turns around, and he's like, "What the fuck?" Was that silent or did yeah, he it actually silent. say silent. It? it was silent. All right, why was that? I remember silent? that from twenty five years ago. Well, really? it's funny. He's like, it's "Okay," because that's like that's because that's when someone that was realistic. Yeah. I would, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I was like watching. I was like, "Wait, it's it looks like he said it out loud. No, they it didn't doesn't censor look it. like he. He just goes." Yeah, that's just like I, I do that all the time. Yeah. Like in traffic, I'm. I felt like the way yeah, he like, enunciated yeah. wasn't like a soft. Oh, For our like, listeners, Nick. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, because <laughs> we're not on video yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it seemed interesting. Yeah, interesting choice. Can also, I say the, my, my favorite line of dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Frost, mm. look at you, you're a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I also love the line of dialogue when when Wesley Snipes a couple times just gives off that visceral frost. Yeah, frost. <laughs> yeah, those are those are good. Yeah, we've already talked about this. Some motherfuckers always try to ice skate up hill. Yeah. So I guess that was an inside joke between him and a PA, and he said it in the moment, and everyone thought it was great and funny as a cast, and they just left it in. Well, I was gonna ask. I stole that, it that, from a PA. Yeah, like something like that. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was. I was almost there. Like I was gonna ask, what do we think of that line? I think it's it's funny, it's campy, but like it doesn't take out of the movie for me. I think it fit, like you said, like the tonal jumps back and forth between funny and dark. I think we're pretty well balanced. It's not great. It's not terrible. Yeah, yeah. I'm, it's, I'm, it's right there. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with. I, it wasn't like didn't ruin anything for me, but I thought they could have had a better line. Yeah. But yeah. it was not a bad line. It was obviously a very pivotal line. Um, how about when the music kicks in and he catches the sunglasses? I, I Somehow that's not like cheesy and stupid, but I don't know how. How is that not stupid? I thought it was awesome how they had the techno at the beginning, techno at the end, and that was the beat drop. I think that was, as an electronic music fan, like I know you are Nick, but like that was awesome. Like him grabbing the sunglasses, the beat drops, and the music ramps up and he kicks ass. Guys, when someone catches something and the music <laughs> and, the, and the music cue starts, that is what like one of the best combinations. In the movie. Uh, you're right. I'm, yeah. I'm in. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember the Force Awakens? Do you remember at the end? And say, think what you want about the movie, but at the end when she's fighting Kylo Ren on that planet that's dying and Ooh, like yeah. he, they're sure. both going for the lightsaber and it goes past Kylo Ren and it lands in her hand and it, that very moment the force theme starts to play mm-hmm. you're going to get chills no matter what you think of that movie yeah. and yeah. and again catching sunglasses uh, mic drop or a, a needle drop moment it, great it, they're it, so good it doesn't hurt that the first thing he does or almost the first thing he does after catching sunglasses just tears this dude's throat out <laughs> like it's like yeah. and throws it like, at the next guy yeah, it's like the yeah. first thing is like okay like, you're like, yep. okay yep okay yeah, yeah, that's what yep, should have happened that, next that, that's what's happening <laughs> okay you know and 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 just to, to i'm almost done with the final scene here but i really appreciated how it was kind of and this is kind of a small thing but a sword fight at the end it's just so much more satisfying than dude just punching each other yeah you know than other super yeah. like these other superhero movies once again i thought it was a little bit of a callback to these kind of old school kind of kung fu martial arts movies to have well, he, a sword fight 
He literally runs up the. It's like ramp. it's like Naruto yeah. style, Naruto like style, yeah, yeah, like ninja yeah. style, yeah. And and I really kind of I, I liked it. I, liked I, it's kind of, it's, I yeah, I discount it slightly because they do this the classic back and forth hit with the sword over and over and over and over again, where it's right side, left side, right side, left side. Left, like mm. they they just don't break that for seven, eight, nine seconds straight. And yeah. I'm like, why? What are we doing? I, I do appreciate that it's a callback to that first scene we we spent so long slow burning um, mm-hmm. because he when he first goes in there he's shooting everybody. And then when the, yeah. when the when the crew when Quinn's crew comes in he gets he, he gets goes back to out. the actual so blade. it's really highlighting the fact that his name's fucking Blade yeah that, well his blade yeah, is, yeah right yeah. well yeah blade great point great a lot point. I like how they held that to the end yeah that's yeah. great yeah great point um okay so I do you guys have any other slow burn topics um for this evening I'm 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 almost out I got one more but if you guys have any you have another please. yeah give yeah. it to us. Yeah. I guess I just had remember when that vampire chick was bandaging up Quinn's arm and then she tries to take a big bite out of it. Yeah, that was pretty great. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. I liked like, what it. the fuck? I liked it. What do we yeah. actually what do we think about the Whistler death scene and Blade Well, uh, quote unquote. De- oh, well, no yeah. way. Quote unquote death? death scene. It was a great death scene. I liked it. But what do we think about Snipes as an actor did not like this. He did not know why he did this. But he grabs the gauze and he slowly pats his neck for Yeah, four I thought that was a little straight. weird. I thought that was a little odd. I was wondering, like, when I rewatched, I actually rewound it and rewatched it. I was like, was he just looking for bite marks to see, confirm? See, I thought that, too. I was like, what are you doing that's the only here? reason I thought of this, mm. but I guess he hated that idea. He was like, yeah. why am I continuously padding Why he has this long dialogue scene? Mm. I, I totally agree. Yeah. I, 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 just, noticed just, I just noticed that. I also noticed that. On second watch, I just chalked it up to he's looking for bite marks to confirm. I also had that thought. Yeah. But it was still weird. It was still a little weird. Yeah. It was, it was still a little off. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Okay, and here here's the final slow burn topic for this evening. Do you guys know there's a new blade? There's a reboot on the way. Marshall Marshall Ali Mia Goth for the last four Marshall years. Ali, yes, and, and despite being in that shitstorm of a film that we reviewed in our last episode, I, I generally like him. So I'm optimistic that Marshall this is gonna, Ali, yeah, that well, this and, is going to be good. Fucking Mia Goth is like is like top top tier yeah yeah like, I, I don't know what she's going to be in this movie but i'm i'm watching her in any movie she's ever going to be in yeah she's this, amazing this could and be good as an this fyi could be good. they teased this blade movie with his voice as the like they picked him they selected him as the next blade marshally in a what was it 2019 the in eternals which is a marvel movie they teased him at the very end with his voice and they said hey he's coming as blade and it's been in production hell for four straight years, so they have no clue what they're. doing. I'm going to watch it just to see how 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 terribly it fails compared. It's going to be it better. I, be rated R. Yeah, it, if it's I not don't better, think it is. I don't think it is. I, I, won't, I, I, won't, I, won't, I won't watch no, it. If it is. You know what? I won't yeah. watch it if it is. I think yeah. that's probably what they're fighting about in they got production. Yeah, yeah. Because if I'm, it's I'm not sure rated R, no. be something like. The studio wants it to be this. Yeah. And sure. wants to fit in with the MCU. Marvel setup. And then and what's the, funny is this This is what it's yeah. want it what everyone else wants it to but be. But you have a built in audience of forty somethings who, you know, are gonna go see it who all remember Blade. I mean, but you also it, have it's not not profitable. But you also have a built in audience of five hundred million people or a billion people wanting to watch a classic Marvel movie. But, so but it's a like, bunch of those people are going to still see it, even if it's rated yes. R. Plus yeah, yeah, yeah. the other audience of people who would never step foot yeah. in a Marvel movie anymore, yep. myself included. So yeah. this is all about integrity. They would money. rather shit on us than they would, you know, shit well, on also, the mass. Marvel, in, at its current rate, is going down. Oh, yeah. Marvel's oh, Marvel, sure. totally. so, Marvel, they, they have peaked. They're, they're they're at the end of the and so like the idea that 
a movie like this could be made, you know, makes sense because they got to save something. Five they, years you know, ago, they, they never would have made a, a Radar Blade Blade movie. In, in a couple years from now, I think they might. I right. think they, so, uh, yeah, as they've kind of gone downhill the last five, six, seven years with film, I think they're going to try to ramp back up because all of our audience, their audience has grown for the last 20 years. They've been doing it 15 years. And they're gonna they're gonna realize oh shit we have a larger audience a bigger audience that cares about it that are gonna care, you know want to watch a rated R or a darker grittier film. Yeah. So you guys ready to give some final thoughts on this movie? Yep. Give them. I loved it. I think it was a lot of fun. Uh, I had it at an eighty eight originally, and I dropped down to seventy eight. Uh, but it, I, most of it's really just tonal issues here and there. But man, this movie is so much fun. It it's beautiful. There's so many great shots. Uh, Wesley Snipes, there is no other blade. I think he fought to come back in the new movie, but he's way too old now. Love uh, it. I love the mix-up of the serum versus the vampire exploding liquid. I like that that mechanism at the end. Uh, Steven Dorff is tricked by it. He thinks it's the serum he needs. Great, great writing there. Uh, guys, the characters. The characters are great in this movie. Um, Frost's personality is so fitting. He's so slick and confident. And I love... Even at the end when he's like in full evil mode and like um, uh, Blade like throws his sword up, and he's like, nice shot. He's like having uh-huh. this dialogue with yeah, him. Yeah, he's yeah. just, he's a, he's likable. He's a likable bad guy, yeah, you know? Sure. Um, Whistler's just a badass, you know? Blade is just such a dark superhero. You'd never cross him. You, you, you're so like on his side. Like he's, he's just a badass. Karen can handle herself. Great characters. Um, the movie looks great. Like I said, the tone of the movie, Nick, you talked about this. Um, takes itself serious. It's so it's so um, genuine in its in its darkness and seriousness, and and I love it. And it's just a simple movie at its core. Um, I, I, it was funny. I, I watched it and I was talking to my wife at, at dinner, and I'm like, "We're gonna do Blade," and she's like, "What's that about?" And I was I literally <laughs> explained the entire movie to her like in one sentence at dinner, and she's like, "Oh, that sounds good." Like it's just such a simple movie to explain, and it's yeah. kind of refreshing, you know. Because I had also recommended Leave the World Behind to her, and I tried to explain that in mm-hmm. one sentence, and it didn't yeah. work. So Cheers. you know, yeah, uh, it's it's it does what it needs to do. This movie, and it and it deserves a seventy three from me. You guys mm-hmm. should have rated this higher, but anyway. Uh, okay, guys, final thoughts. This movie, obviously, it means a lot to me, and I do view it with nostalgia glasses, I will admit, um, and that obviously colors my rating. But however, objectively, I think this is legitimately an underappreciated movie. I think, as we kind of talked about earlier a little bit, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has a much harder time getting off the ground um, without the success of this film, um, and, and, I, and I think that's a thing. Um, um, but, but, but here's the thing. So, you know... I we talked a little bit about that comment earlier that you know about that on YouTube how how the you know Marvel Cinematic Universe sort of doesn't maybe happen as seriously as it does without this movie and um and and I guess frankly that does piss me off a little bit because I I do hate most of those movies that I've seen and you I've made that very apparent um but that's okay I guess because sometimes you got to make a great movie to pave the way for a bunch of shitty movies mm-hmm. right that's just kind of how it goes sometimes um. But I will also reiterate, I think this is a movie that that holds up remarkably well in almost every way. And it's almost kind of shocking that it's 25 years old and still holds up so well. Um, you know, the visual effects, the sound design, the writing, the set pieces, um, it's it's all still great. So if, if you want a movie that, I, I guess in my opinion, is what cinema is really like all about for me, like fun, immersive emotionally resonant experience experience and doing that with with some class i feel like this is the movie you want so i really love this movie not everyone's gonna love this movie but i do i'm back down to a 72 so what what 
Oh, no. Nah, fuck Jeez. it. I'm gonna go. For, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna push this way up. 88. Yeah, I'm gonna thanks, go back to my Chris. original wait, score. Wait, wait. Yeah. I'm gonna go from 78 Gosh. to 88. Do you do any thinking about your score before? Yes, he we does. Meet? A lot of I thinking. Do a lot. You're, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. He does. You've gone. Wait. What do you wait? You've gone the, back to an 88. The measurable enjoyment of this film outweighs some of the technical issues I had with okay. it. Okay. Hey. You know. So. Do you? I will. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate That's my score. I, I don't yeah. know what any of your, score, it. your final scores are in any of the movies we've ever done. But I okay. love it. I love it. Me either. <laughs> and I wrote it down. Does it really matter? <laughs> that doesn't matter anymore. No, we're doing this with Kate. All right. <laughs> All right. Cool. All right. We did it. Blade. Yes. In the bag. Thank you. Thank you, dear listener, for listening to us. We really appreciate it. You are a wonderful person for making it this far, and we are just in awe of your grace. So um, we're going to do another episode, as we always threaten to do. And uh, the next one we're going to do is by special request. And actually, it's by like multiple yeah. special requests, Weird. which I can't believe there's actually multiple people that listen to us, but there are, and they've requested the same thing. And that movie is The Burbs. The Burbs. The Burbs. Out, Tom Hanks. Out, yeah. Shout out to Mr. Kevin Spawn. Yeah. Thank you for The Burbs. Yes. So, um, which barely kind of sort of meets our criteria. Really totally similar to Blade. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. So let's go. The Burbs. Uh, you can find us at www. No, sorry. Http. Uh, <laughs> colon backslash backslash www.instagram.com slash critical mess crew. Critical mess crew. Please holler at us. Write us a message or something. We'll read it. We promise. We will. Absolutely. We absolutely will. There's only one thing we love more than Blade. That's Old Elk. That's right. Old Elk. Thank you. Old Elk. You're the best. Infinity Blend really uh, fueled a great episode tonight. We appreciate you. You guys are awesome. Thank you. You're the best. This has been Critical Mess, and we are out. See ya. Later.